0: is still a running back one. Is Austin Eckler way too low? Mike Evans or Chris Godwin? And what's going to happen with Christian McCaffrey? Can he be the RB1 again? We're going to talk about all that today. Welcome into the Dynasty Mafia podcast. I am Antonio Denisi. With me as always, Keenan Jimajic and Eric Denisi. And guess what, guys? We are two weeks away from football. We are two Sundays away from football, and I just, I couldn't be happier right now. What's going on? You know,
1: I just want to applaud you. Uh, you, you switched up the opening. I love it. I like it. I like it. I like it. Um, not much. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I saw, you know, our, our bills kick off in 17 days, and, and I uh, jumped out of bed with a smile on my face today. Ready? I'm ready to see some, I'm ready to watch some football.
2: Absolutely. I can't wait for the season to start. It doesn't feel this close, so I don't know. It seems like time's flying with everything, with the whole quarantine and everything, but it just still feels like football's so far away for some reason. I don't know.
1: Well, I haven't had a draft yet. You know, I'm in a few – by a few, I mean, I think seven redraft leagues, and I haven't done one yet. And there's also no preseason
0: football, so it doesn't feel like September yet. (laughs) Yeah. No, you guys aren't wrong. It it really doesn't. I mean, I'm usually – itching to draft uh, uh, by this time, actually by probably a month ago. I'm ready to be drafting and I'm doing mocks in like May. And, and yeah, this off season was certainly different, but uh, my, my excitement is here now. It's, it's up there. My kinetic energy, it's only, it's only going uh, higher and higher. So let's get, let's get talking right now. Cause we've got, we got a bunch here, but first when I say, let's get talking, I don't want to talk football. I had a week this week. When it comes to the fast food industry. And here in Buffalo, we don't really have, we didn't have Popeye's or Chick-fil-A around here for a while. So we got them both within the last couple of years. I tried Popeye's the other day and I just tried Chick-fil-A and Chick-fil-A has just been a talk of the town. It's always got a line. And I got to be honest. I think I liked Popeye's better. Is that uh is that a unpopular opinion? I'll let Biggie take this one.
2: I don't know. I don't know if it's necessarily unpopular. I mean, it's a new sandwich, though. So I mean, I tried it today. It was absolutely delicious. I just like the Chick Fil A sauce that's on it.
1: You know, for me, I yeah, I I had both, obviously. And when I saw that, you know, there was people standing outside of outside camping out when uh, Chick Fil A decided to open a restaurant here in Buffalo, I was like, "What is going on? I got to try this." And I went and tried it. I mean, it was just a chicken sandwich, or it wasn't. It wasn't anything special to me. Same thing with Popeyes. You know, you don't want to I'm more excited about than their chicken sandwiches, Antonio. I'm excited that the hot and spicy is back at McDonald's. Yeah, you, know, <laughs> you know, here in Buffalo, we got the Bang, You get the McDouble. You rip. You uh, t- you put the McDouble in between the hot and spicy sandwich, and you put some uh, sweet and sour sauce on top, and you. You're, uh, you're taking a nap 20 minutes
0: after yeah, you. Yeah, your life will be changed forever. Yeah. <laughs> if you have never done that before. You have yeah. to do that. And it's been a long time since we've had the ability to do it again. Um, but, yeah, like, I don't know. I mean, Popeyes, I was like fourth in line. So that was kind of cool. And Chick-fil-A, I was about 35th in line. But they cranked everybody out. I'll be honest. That was efficient. They had people on one section uh, who were taking your order with tablets. The next section, just confirming your order and telling you who to follow third one, they bring your food out and I was like, All right, have a great day. Twenty minutes. Oh, okay, that was, that's that
2: that was the one thing about Chick-fil-A though i I like never go there and we went there and the guy was just standing there with a the tablet and like stared at us and I'm like, Is there a menu? Yeah. He's like, Oh, What's you fun, want man? to see menu? I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like what you know, yeah,
0: if- I I don't like the new situations like that. I'll have to talk about my my Delta Sonic experience, like a, a local car wash, uh, company, uh, one of these days, but that's definitely for another time. You're talking about how
1: efficient they are. I'm hoping you had an efficient toilet after you ate, ate all that, uh, fast food.
0: <laughs> well, I definitely <laughs> had to get my fair samplings, um, fair <laughs> samplings, but yeah, what, what goes in must come out, they say. Uh, so let's, let's, all right, let's, let's talk football now. Let's, talk on football. Now. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to football. Yeah. Uh, Fans, sounds like uh, a few teams, uh, actually a good amount of teams, are are looking to have fans uh, in the first couple weeks. Uh, Other teams still hopeful that they're going to be able to have fans this season. Uh, And then, you know, like we we talked last episode, this time, this offseason is bringing some injuries, you know. Uh, So it's unfortunate, but um, to update on the Mike Williams injury, he's week-to-week with a shoulder sprain. Uh, He is questionable for the opener. Uh, That certainly bumps Keenan Allen up a little bit. Uh, for our redraft leagues, uh, actually probably a lot of bet, if he's going to see some targets, uh, especially heavily concentrated targets in the first month. Uh, Tyro Williams over in Oakland has a torn labor in his shoulder. He's going to try to play through it, uh, but that could be an opportunity for Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, uh, uh, Darren Waller to be getting a lot of those targets there, um, or finally Josh Jacobs getting the ball. Uh, Daryl Henderson pulls his hamstring. Sounds like he might be uh, – a little a little better. It didn't sound too horrible uh from McVeigh. So uh it does give Acres a chance to shine. Uh what do you guys think about that H- Henderson pulling his hamstring? Were you guys I know we've been Acres ha- supporters, but uh do you think this gives him an even better shot for week one?
2: I didn't really notice it, but somebody <clears throat> somebody on Twitter pointed out um who, I think it was the uh I forgot who it was exactly. But anyways, they they mentioned how they haven't really, we haven't really heard anything about Cam Akers. Um, and if you look in the comments, you know, it's it ranges anywhere from, oh, it's because he's not doing good to, oh, McVay's keeping the secrets hidden. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to think right now. I mean, I love it because I love Cam Akers, but,
0: well, that, I think exactly what the, the, the ladder that you said was the secrets. I mean, he's already said yeah. before, you know, Cam Akers has nothing. He, he needs to prove himself. He's not walking into a starting role. And he said, you know, Dar- Darrell Henderson, we like uh, Malcolm Brown was getting first team reps the other day. So I, I think that he's just trying to, because Cam Akers is not getting the normal rookie off season. That's how he's trying to show him. Hey, Hey man, you, you better, you better still prove it. Uh, you're not walking into anything just cause Gurley is gone. Uh Now, we talked. uh, I did mention about uh, uh, Sanders, Miles Sanders probably dropping down as an RB1. I love Miles Sanders. You guys know he's my guy, uh, my RB5 right now. But I have to think twice now that Andre Dillard has uh, suffered a bicep injury and he's going to be out for the whole season. Now, who's Andre Dillard? He was their rookie last year, uh, who they've now have to move to left tackle because Jason Peters left. Uh, they brought Jason Peters back, thankfully, who's now probably going to be their their left tackle. But Jason Kelsey retired. Uh, they've just they've got so many. Lane Johnson got injured on Sunday, and and he's questionable for the opener. Uh, Brandon Brooks, one of the top guards in the league, got injured. Uh, he's out for the year. Guys, is this a good thing for Miles Sanders? Because maybe they're going to rely on him some more, and more negative for Carson Wentz. What do you think? I think it's more negative for Carson Wentz.
1: I mean, you got Jason Peters who was retired last uh, – a few months ago, and now he's protecting his blind side. I think that's more – that's going to hurt him, um, definitely. Where I think they're going to rely more on that run game uh, and maybe even, you know, screen game with with Sanders. So, well, I mean, it's time only tell on that, but I think it's definitely going to hurt Wentz more. Um, I feel like he he always gets a raw end of the deal. I feel like some someone always gets hurt or – I mean, last year, all those wide receivers got hurt. Um, and then this, you know, or he ended up getting hurt, but, um, well, I guess we'll, I guess we'll see. Um, hopefully, hopefully everyone comes back healthy and that he's able to still be a decent quarterback this year.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I'm definitely worried about it, I mean, I do think it could potentially mean more catches for miles Sanders. Um, and, you know, obviously they might need to rely on, on him more, but definitely affects both – I think it affects both the run game and Carson Wentz. Yeah. Um, just yeah, the whole I, team in general. I mean, I mean, having a good offensive line is huge. Yeah,
1: and we um, always really say how important the quarterback people, position is, but that offensive line, without that, the quarterback is not – it's not going to, you know – And
2: people are finally starting to realize that, you know, you're seeing these linemen get bigger contracts. You know, uh, the Bills just gave, what, Dawkins – 15 million a year is it
1: he's the fifth highest paid tackle in the the game right now well that's the
0: big thing is you know the blind side getting injured and obviously they wanted dillard to fill that peters role and thankfully peters came back but you know they want dillard to be able to to do that and grow so the big thing though about losing all these linemen is you're going to need that running back to be able to block you know uh, on passing plays and i think uh as boston scott was a good. Pass blocker in the times that he's had. I still think Miles Sanders is going to get that, which, like you said, is going to get him out there more. Thankfully, they open against Washington, uh, the Rams, and the Bengals. So, two out of those three games, if they're missing some linemen, hopefully they get a little healthier that they'll be able to get back to form. Uh, so, speaking of the Bengals, Joe Mixon missed practice today uh, due to migraines. Uh, so, I, I hopefully, hopefully he's going to be all right with that uh, in the next couple of days but there's been some speculation from some Bengals reporters uh, that he could be sitting out uh, actually not with any migraine issues, uh, sitting out due to contract talks. Uh, You know, there's been, obviously we know that they can't really sit out of training camp due to the new CBA, but they still only need to play six games in the regular season in order to gain that uh, that year towards free agency. So if they don't get any contract extension and there's a chance he could sit out 10 games, is Joe Mixon, someone you're worried about at all, or is it, is it nothing? Is it just the migraines? I think he's being a, wor- if it's the contract thing, I think he's being a little selfish.
1: I mean, we just talked about how it's kickoff is in two weeks. Why didn't you say this when training camp first open? Um, so well, it, they I'm talked hoping. about in the beginning
0: of the month. Uh, he already said, he will give him a good deal. You know, nothing too crazy, but he obviously wants to make some money. Yeah. But why, if he's sitting out because of the contract now, already two weeks
1: into, into camp, I mean, come on. You know, I'm hoping it's just the migraines and he's not actually sitting out because it's contract issues. Um, if,
2: if he still has migraines next week, then I'm worried. <laughs>
1: <laughs> give give my man some ibuprofen and, and
0: and go out there and help my help my
1: boy Joe Burrow.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm hope I I agree. I think it might just be the migraines. I'm not believing too much into uh, him sitting out, but I just wanted to play that advocate for a moment. Uh, but you know, because Keller, why, you say,
2: I, sorry, I just want to mention on it, but why, like, like we said, why not say anything? Like you want to get paid, you well, want to put the pressure on them.
0: He said in the beginning of August, Yeah, but, but he's not going to set out a training but, camp and get no, fined and everything. He's he just, said he's
2: going to set out for the season.
0: No, no. He said that he would give them a good team friendly deal. You know, he no, just I know, wants but to get I'm saying
2: done. if he, if he really wanted to get it done right away, he'd be, he'd be publicly threatening to hold out. Yeah. He, w- he wouldn't be saying he has migraines. I don't think. Yeah,
0: like you said, it's probably, it's probably nothing. Uh, we'll see a little more to come. But like I said, Zach Taylor, he did mention, though, that Gio is still going to be used in the pass-catching role. Um, I'm not too worried about that because Gio was used last year. He was used the year before, and Mixon still is able to get his production. Um, he still gets a lot of touches. So, uh, like we said, more to come with that news. Uh, David Montgomery, uh, Chicago Bears running back, coming into his second year. He's out two to four weeks, got injured today with a groin injury. Uh, uh yesterday for those of you listening uh on friday obviously so uh there's back up his second year ryan all along with tariq cohen so uh, they may bring somebody in for the beginning of the season or just let tariq cohen shine uh you know he had seven out of 15 games with at least six catches so you know for ppr that's obviously going to give him a boost for the potential first month uh so i would say i think he's going uh pretty late now, I think in like the fifties. So he might be someone that you can jump um, a couple rounds at least. Uh, so uh, more to come with that. But uh, like I said, Tariq Cohen could be somebody that's pretty, pretty good with, with PPR. Uh, Devin Singletary is having fumbling issues. So those Zach Moss truce, Zach Moss truthers out there uh, who's, you know, he's been performing well in camp and catching the ball very well. So there's a chance that uh, maybe Zach Moss could take over. Absolutely. There's a chance. I, I I don't want that to happen. I have
1: some uh, Singletary stocks, but I'm 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 thinking he's gonna take over eventually anyways, um fumble issues or not, for Singletary. I just feel like, you know, Zach Moss is more of a uh I guess more of a running back that that this coaching staff wants. Um where singletary is more of a third down back, if that makes sense. Um I feel like you know, Singletary can be used more in, in that pass catching role where Zach Moss, he has the ability to do both run between the tackles and be a pass catcher. Well, cause we saw that he, he used to, he used, he did a good job of that in uh, college in Utah. So.
2: Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't, um, I don't really think he was drafted to take over there. I don't think that's what uh, the coaching staff wants to do. I think they want to use them both. Yeah, um, I, I mean, think they I think they both get a decent workload. I mean, nothing crazy. Um, but, I, I, you know. I don't
0: I, know if it's he, what they wanted, but he's showing a lot in camp from what we're hearing that maybe he it's – He is. He's making just what, he's Maybe making it's what great great might, might happen. You know, yeah, talent rises saying. to the top. 60-40, I could see the touch. It
2: could happen, but Singletary was he good. He was good. He,
1: he was, was good, good. But, I mean, those I, fumbling issues, we saw in that Pittsburgh game, which was a very important and game.
2: And you know. this offense could use all the weapons that – it could get, You know what I mean? Like we.
0: Singletary is good, but the important thing that we did talk about last, last five games of the season, you know, third and carries, fourth and yards, no touchdowns. That was the big thing. So, you know, they want someone who can get it done on the ground uh, and maybe Zach Moss is that guy. You guys feel that. Uh, but they also,
2: if you look, Frank Gore also had 11 carries inside the five and he just like, so, I mean, I think, I think Moss is definitely going to get, get the goal line work and, and stuff like that, but I think I think Singletary is still gonna be
1: well, one used more thing I want to for... add before we move on. Do you guys think that Singletary isn't as efficient from the twenty to the goal line? Where I feel like On the ground he's not in the
0: air he definitely is.
1: Yeah that's what I'm saying. Like I feel like that's what that's where the Zach Moss factor comes in where once once he once he get closer to the goal line they're gonna put Zach Moss in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh speaking of another uh, another smaller back uh, trying to make a name for themselves. Uh, Ron Rivera talked up Bryce Love, uh, so keep your eye out for him uh, in the later round drafts. He could be a very nice sleeper. Uh, I do think he will be a nice sleeper. You know, with Geis uh, obviously being uh, kicked off the team. Uh, some scary news: Matt Patricia says he wants to use a committee backfield, so that definitely brings DeAndre Swift down a, a couple notches. But I don't think uh, he's more talented than Carry on Keenan. Uh, didn't. What do you think? Uh, didn't carry on just say that he
1: feels that he can't do half the stuff that Swift Swift can do. I mean, come on. What, what's going on there? I mean, I'm not, now I'm scared to even draft him in any of my redraft leagues, either of the backs. So I'm staying- I don't think
2: it bumps him down. I mean, I, I guess maybe for some people, but for me personally, I, I was going into this whole thing thinking it was going to be a committee. Um, and like you guys said, carrying carrying on himself is saying he can't do things that Swift can do. And, when I, when I, I it's gonna be, out, what
1: it, when I saw the carry on report come was that when I saw that carry on report come out with, after he set, made that save and I'm like, all right, well this is Swift's job, then. and then yeah. if this comes out I'm like, well, I'm like, okay. Yeah,
2: I mean carry on, carry on I don't think he can actually handle a full workload at all. So I mean, I, and uh, DeAndre Swift can, and I think uh, like you said, it's gonna just it's gonna this year is gonna be a committee, but you know after this year it's gonna be Swift's job, hands down.
0: Yeah, I think uh, if you get Swift, uh, I don't think is someone you should grab later. But I think if you're not drafting Swift, you might want to grab carry on, uh in the later rounds uh, for the potential of, uh, you know, something happening to uh, to DeAndre. Um, but we'll talk a little more about that with our ranking shows next week, uh, which I'm extremely excited for, by the way. Uh, Drew Brees, I believe, did I say, predicted a breakout year for Traquan Smith. So Hype Train Express going there. And uh, Dolphins traded Kalen Balage, a uh, late trade uh, in this off season. well, you know, training camp season. Dolphins traded Kalen Balage to the Jets back to Adam Gase's clutches, ha ha ha, for a conditional late round pick. Uh, I don't think there's any more to talk about with that one, but except the only the only thing I want to ask is, is this a depth move or is this someone that can really challenge Le'Veon Bell on like the short line, short yardage work or goal line work? No, he's a big guy.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's gonna definitely. You, you're gonna if he makes the team, you gotta you gotta think that he's gonna take some goal line work away from him. I mean, I've
2: seen Adam GaSe and Kalen Bellage together, and they are not a good duo in this league. Well, I'm not I mean, worried about
1: Adam it. Adam GaSe begs to differ.
2: <laughs> I, I know, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know. Le'Veon, like said, Bell, and I'm pretty sure Kalen Balaj just there's there's, there's no.
0: Upset. He yeah. was like, I find out I'm traded. Oh. Okay, not bad. That's fine. Where am I going? Wait, what? Back yeah. to Adam Gase. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, he won't be the coach much longer. He will not. He will not. Uh, so to any any new listeners out there, welcome in. I appreciate you guys for coming. Uh, like I said, that's our news and notes. We are got in our final uh, show of our division previews. We have the AFC and the NFC South. Uh, so after that, next week, we do start our rankings Uh, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. So, like I said, very excited for that. And then, uh, you know, the season's right around the corner. So, with that being said, let's dive into the AFC South. Uh, It's going to be a little long episode again today. Sorry about that. But, like I said, that should be the last one for a while. Uh, AFC South, Houston Texans. Uh, Let's talk about them for a little bit. So, 2019 Houston Texans, uh, they won the Division 10-6, and uh, won their first-round playoff game. And, you know, uh, Deshaun Watson had a pretty good year. DeAndre Hopkins obviously got traded away. Uh, Brandon Cooks came in. Uh, Lamar Miller's gone. Uh, David Johnson came in. So, you know, a whole revamp around, uh, around Deshaun Watson here. hoping Will Fuller can be that running back one. Or, geez, uh, wide receiver one for them. So, do you think that Deshaun Watson, with that being said, is going to be better without Hopkins as a fantasy quarterback? I mean I don't think it's going to change much because of his run ability
1: honestly. And I mean on paper they still have a pretty good team. They still they had a Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, Kenny Sk- they have Kenny Stills. And they also have like you said they traded for David Johnson who who actually was a top 10 PPR running back through the first 8 weeks. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um last season was it was it last season that he played or was it 2 years ago that he played?
0: He played the Before first 8 in. weeks,
1: yeah. Yeah, and he was a top. I mean, he was a top ten PPR last uh, running back last year. So, I mean, three. also, I'm right. sorry,
2: it was three eight games. He was a top ten, David Johnson. You said top in PPR,
1: top, top first eight weeks he was a top ten PPR yeah. running back. Okay. Yeah. So, and then also, I mean, I look at Carlos Hyde, who's had, who's had success in that Texan system last year, and it gives me hope for uh, David Johnson. Also, I mean, if Carlos Hyde can do it. I mean, in that in that system, I can see David Johnson, who I feel is a better running back, who has been a better running back in his career. Um, but back to Watson, I mean, they still have, yeah, they probably lose in a top five wide receiver, but on paper, they still have a really good um, team, especially a wide receiver. I feel like Cooks, Fuller, and, and Stills is a pretty good trio there. Um, if Will Fuller can stay healthy, man, I there's some games that I've that I've that I saw Will Fuller play. And I was amazed. I mean, uh, I watched him play in, Northern, in Notre Dame as well. And I he, he had a pretty good college college career as well. But my man just can't stay on the field on, in the NFL.
0: Yeah, he had the best game of the fantasy season last year of all players. You remember with yeah. his, you know, 220-yard and, what, 15-catch, three three-touchdown three touchdown game? Uh, so that was pretty crazy. But, yeah, I mean, I ask – with Deshaun Watson, and I know it sounds crazy to think, oh, you just lost one of the best wide receivers in the league. How can you be better? But that means he's going to have to do more, right? And and he's already fantastic, uh, as is, that you got to see with Hopkins. But you, like you just said, you've seen the connection with Will Fuller. Brandon Cooks is coming in, so he can be a, a little shorter shorter route kind of a player. Um, or, you know, you can put him on the outside. He's shown, he's shown he can prove well. He's been a 1,000-yard receiver with all three teams that he's been on. Uh, So I just think they wanted to get more speed for Deshaun Watson. Um, Also, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, with Deshaun Watson uh, last season, he finished, he uh, he finished as the quarterback uh, five, sorry. And he's obviously going as the quarterback three right now, uh, but he had a less pass attempt year. You got to assume those are going to go up now, right? I mean, they're going to be throwing the ball more. That's for sure. And he's going to be running the ball probably more as well. Like I said, he's going to do more things. He had uh, almost 20 attempts less in 2019 than he did in 2018. Uh, He had a couple hundred yards less in 2019 than 2018 through the air. Uh, So I I think that he can improve his yardage, and I think that he can improve his rushing ability uh, attempt-wise. And that's going to really help him potentially be or even fight for the number one overall quarterback.
1: Yeah. He, can also, he can get
0: 7 he can get 700 yards and close to 4200 4300 passing yards and I mean he had 33 touchdowns total last year what's well, to say he can't get close to 35 37 you know
1: and then when you also when you have someone like um, Hopkins as a great wide wide receiver he is they call offenses call plays and force the ball into into their you know their top player like Hopkins because I mean we've seen we've seen top wide receivers get Pressure with quarterbacks that the ball's not going their way, so now, if you take hopkins out of out of the out of this um, offense and you bring in brandon cooks who who's you know seems like he's been a great team player w- when he was in New England and also in l a and you're, you're kind of taking off that pr- pressure off Watson that he doesn't have to force the ball that just to Hopkins he can spread the ball out more and actually throw it to wide receivers that are open instead of just throwing to Hopkins and hoping he makes a catch
2: yeah i gotta say um i I think that Brandon Cooks actually finishes the year over a thousand yards and is the number one wide receiver on this team. um I still like fuller to have a decent season. I just you know i I don't know I d- do, I don't think he's meant to be a number one wide receiver um like like you said, he's always had Hopkins there, so I mean we don't really know what's gonna happen without Hopkins there. I mean luckily he has Brandon Cooks now on the other side, which is good, but um you know, like like Antonio said, Brandon Cooks on all the teams he's been with, he's had over a thousand yards. So I'm not worried that he can get over it again, especially with Watson as his quarterback. Um, and but but what would worry me about Watson is if if these wide receivers all start getting hurt. You know, if Fuller's out. Something happens to Cooks. Then what you got? Only Kenny Stills and what else? You know.
1: I mean, injuries are going to happen. I mean, you can't. I mean, if Hopkins was on the team, but he's he always
2: could, had he, Hopkins.
1: Yeah, but I mean, you can't say that Hopkins would never get hurt. I mean, that that could always happen as well. Um,
2: no, I know. Do, I, I just do,
1: yeah. I mean, I understand, I understand your point. Like if the, if if Fuller and Cook start, get, if they get hurt, which they had injuries in the past, you know, can't imagine Kenny Stills being a number one. But um, yeah, well, uh, go sorry. ahead. <laughs> I was
0: just saying that's the biggest question because you know I'm sitting here and we're all saying you know uh, Watson can be great, but yeah, if, if Will Fuller doesn't play and then Brandon Cooks unfortunately has any concussion problems. Yeah, he can't which Watson might not even be able to return top five uh you know form and that and that's you know when you're drafting him at three, four, or five, that may not be too horrible. But if he ends up being the quarterback ten, eleven, or twelve, and you drafted him in the sixth round, fifth round, you're gonna be pretty upset. That could hurt you.
2: Yeah, and and the other thing, like we've seen him, we've seen Watts or Watson be fine without when Fuller gets injured. But you know Hopkins has only missed two games in his whole career, so yeah. we don't know what would happen if he if he legitimately had only Kenny Stills as his as his wide receiver one, because currently his top two wide receivers do have injury history. I mean Brandon Cooks hasn't missed many games, but he still has that concussion history, which is never good.
1: He's going to have to rely on Darren Fells more because uh, I mean he relied on him a lot last year. He had seven touchdowns. Hey, hell
2: warning year. year. Well, that's that. Cahill Waring is going to be the one this year. He's going to be the tight end.
1: Oh, is that so? Yeah. All right. Well, he's going to have to rely on those tight ends more than um, if, uh, if, if, injuries do pile up.
0: Someone's got to do that. And you know, if anybody does have any injuries or just if he's throwing the ball in general more, you'd think that running backs are going to get it. Duke Johnson obviously will get the ball, but nobody besides Duke Johnson under the Bill O'Brien area era as a running back has had more than 46 catches is David Johnson, if he can't even get over 40, there's no shot of him being a running back one, I think, because he might see just over 200 carries unless you guys got him, you know, for a lot more. Um, But do you think he can get more than 40 catches?
1: When you trade
0: DeAndre Hopkins
1: for David Johnson, you're as the coach slash GM, you're going to make sure that you use David Johnson. In my opinion, you got to make yourself look good. And he made the trade. The coach made the coach slash she made a trade and he's gonna, and he, uh, doesn't he call plays there as well? Uh, yes, yeah. I mean, I, I think he's gonna use them a little bit more.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't think he's gonna have a crazy amount of catches, but I, I do yeah. think he can get over 40 um, and close to 50. Um,
1: also, the, the other thing we got to remember there's. Hopkins had 150 targets last year and 163 in 2008. Those are a lot of catches. You got to – you got targets. You got to split up, split up between Cooks, Fuller, uh, Kenny Stills. I mean, if you want, if you want to throw Randall Cobb in there um, and the tight ends uh, as well. So I mean, there's a lot of catches that that a lot of targets that can be split up between everyone.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, Randall Cobb's a good uh, mention. He's he's probably going to see close to eighty, ninety targets, if not more. I, I do think Cooks has a shot at one hundred thirty, uh, and then you know, hopefully, Will Fuller will get over a hundred plus. But uh, and then he can spread the rest out between the running backs and tight ends. That that's how I think it should work. What will actually work will be interesting. But you know, Cooks and Fuller are basically being drafted right next to each other. Uh, for me, I'd prefer Cooks over Fuller. How about you guys?
2: Oh, yeah, definitely.
1: Cooks
0: over
2: wolf yeah. Fuller? Yeah. I, I, I have Cooks. Uh, I have him be, as the number one wide receiver on this um, offense, and I have him getting over 1,000 yards, and I'm not worried. It, this is the thing. Like, I know we're talking about injuries and stuff, but, like, we don't want to try and predict that. So, I mean, if this, if this wide receiving core, if they all stay healthy and play a full 16 games, I mean, Watson, I believe, is a clear-cut top five.
1: Like I said, they look great on paper.
2: Yeah. Like, I, like, that's the thing about it. Like everyone's worried that they lost Hopkins, but I mean, the team still looks great. They just need to stay healthy and put it together and they're going to be fine.
1: I was going to mention that, you know, after that trade happened, the Hopkins trade happened, everyone kind of, you know, lost their mind. Like, Oh, what is, you know, what is, what is this, what is his name? I keep forgetting his name, the coach. Bob Bill O'Brien. Yeah. Bill O'Brien. But, um, the trade was awful be- because of the return he got for Hopkins, but I guess I guess he he did pretty good by getting you know Cooks and getting uh, David Johnson to fit this offense. So I think he upgraded at running back and he took a maybe a slight decline in in uh, the wide receiver.
0: Yeah, I I agree with that. Uh, I do agree with that. But he does, I think he does have more options. So it used to be Hopkins, and then, like we said, if Fuller could play, and then it was really just Hopkins. So, I, I mean, just looking, Randall Cobbs is going as the 81st wide receiver. Uh, we're looking, oh, geez, that's why I'm stuck in standard. Sorry, let me fix myself here. Um, but I'm sure he's going still too low to where if Fuller gets injured, I mean, they're using Cobb in the slot, and I think that's where O'Brien, obviously, like you just said, traded for him for a reason. They're gonna use him, and I just I, I find it hard to believe that he can't and like I said if at least he's gonna see eighty ninety targets that could be fifty sixty catches for Anno Cobb going sixty eighth uh, that's yeah that's pretty low that's pretty low for me sixty um, eighth but overall one hundred ninety six so basically not even drafted uh, so it could be someone just keep an eye out for in free agency uh, that's I think about all I think I have for the Texans you got yeah. Duke Johnson are you looking at Duke Johnson in PPR at all I no.
2: I- I, I mean,
1: I traded for him just because you know I, like I said, he, he he was cheap, so I don't really.
2: Yeah, he's a cheap option, but it's it's tough just because David Johnson is so good in the past game as well. Uh, uh, and he, like we said, he traded him for DeAndre Hopkins. So I mean, I don't know.
0: So is he an RB one for you, David Johnson? No. No.
2: Not 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 in like. No, because this year nope. seems like the top end of the running backs is actually very good. Like, I mean, you got your top four, you know, but it seems like the rest up until like, you know, the next seven, eight or nine running backs, like they're all pretty good this year. I mean, it drops off and whatnot, but it
1: would you rather dra- it, Jonathan Taylor or, uh, or David Johnson in a redraft.
0: I'd rather have David Johnson.
1: Yeah, I, I, I do agree there as well.
0: I, I, I was about to say maybe the ceiling's there with Jonathan Taylor, but then I'm thinking, like, no, the, the ceiling's there with David Johnson too. Sure. Like, there's a chance he could see 300 touches in this offense. Obviously, one of them's a lot more limber and younger and faster, but uh, I, I still got to go with David Johnson for reject. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's move on to the Jonathan Taylor that we were just talking about for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, they drafted him this year in the second round. Not their first second-round pick, mind you. That was their second second-round pick. Their first one was Michael Pittman Jr., uh, wide receiver that uh, out of USC. So another player we're going to talk about. So they loaded themselves up uh, in this draft uh, with some talent. Uh, they are surrounding themselves with their new quarterback, Phillip Rivers, uh, old old quarterback to Frank Rip to Frank Reich uh, as he was able to be his offensive coordinator back with the San Diego Chargers at the time. So I feel like he's going to come in and just slide into the offense he's been used to for years. And it's really not going to be. It's going to be a tougher transition, obviously, because it's new faces. But if everybody can be on board. I think that it can be actually a pretty good offense that can just go from right there. They got one of these go for right off the bat. They got one of the easiest schedules in the league. Um, they have a good defense. They have one of the best offensive lines. They have powerful running backs. Uh, T.Y. Hilton's coming back. Tell me something bad about this team that you don't like. I mean, where's the flaws? Where's the negative? Besides it just, you know, you all th- go downhill, which I guess. The only thing negative. that I
2: would, the only thing that I would, you know, question is, is what, what Phillip rivers are we going to see? You know I mean? It, it looked like there was a clear decline in this game last year. You know, he was, he was missing open wide receivers. He was, you know, it was clear that he was just on the decline. Um, he's got a good team, uh, the best offensive line in the league, but you know, which is definitely going to help. And he, you know, he still has a, a good good wide receiving core. Um, so I think he can be good, but I don't think it's going to be anything crazy, but
1: I mean, like, he was so bad last year. He he had career worst three point nine touchdown um, rate last year, on top of his twenty interceptions. And Anthony, you said Antonio, you said that um, he, you know, the the Indies team is so good on on um, on paper, especially on their offensive side. Weren't the Chargers good on paper too on the offensive side of the ball? A lot of weapons there in in um, in L A and i That's, just did not i did not see the rivers that that we've all seen that we all got to love over the years i mean i, I don't know i i i mean he had he's he, he had Eckler, he had gordon um I'm
0: trying to think of well it was over there but he had a pretty good uh, uh, offense
2: Allen, mike williams uh, he did mike but gordon.
0: he did have a good offense but i think maybe i don't know i don't know how to explain kind of what happened it does seem to all rest on him but he had the, the most yards that he had uh, you know, in almost four seasons. And obviously yeah, he, had, he had a lot of attempts from all these games. What'd you say? They're they're, they're behind in all these games. So I understand that, but, oh, I agree. I agree. But you have to think that Indy's going to be putting up points and that he's going to be a big reason for that. It's not like they're probably not going to be playing behind very often, of course. And I'm sure that they were going to run around the ball when they're up, but they got to get up first. And, I mean, Yeah, I don't think he's going – I mean, we're not sitting here saying, hey, he's going to be your quarterback one. But he finished as quarterback 15 last year. And we care about fantasy. We don't care about NFL. In NFL, he looks like a 39-year-old quarterback should look like throwing a ball sometimes. What do you say? That's a great point.
2: I I definitely think he's a solid later-round target in super flex leagues. Um, But I I really don't want him as my starter for a one QB league.
1: Yeah, that's that's scary. Now let me ask you, let me ask you a question. When Andrew Luck was healthy, as last year, he led Indy to 433 points. Rosette, last year managed to get the Colts to 361, and not a big drop off. I mean, you're looking at 60 points. I mean, that's almost points five there. points
2: a game. That's a lot. That's a decent amount. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, where do you see Rivers? You see Rivers going to
0: about 400 points this this year? Honestly, honestly, like I, I'm, I'm not a big hey. Uh, strength of schedule guy, but they play a lot of weaker teams from just, just from what we can, uh, just what the schedule, I guess, looks, I like. guess I know on paper and I'm saying, we're not going to look too deep into that. A lot can change, but if he can slide in and that offense can be what San Diego was, Paris Campbell can be the slot version of Keenan Allen. Obviously not as great. T Y Hilton's coming back. He's a deep threat with Mike Williams. Michael Pittman is Mike Williams version uh, coming downhill. You got Jack Doyle, who's great with PPR uh, gets a lot of catches you got your Melvin Gordon and your Austin Eckler in the backfield with Naeem Hines and Jonathan Taylor. And then, oh, hey, there's Marlon Mack. A lot of options for Phillip Rivers. I just find it so hard that they're going to fail unless his arm fails, of course. Like, that's yeah. where it falls from. But if not, I, can, I think Indy's an 11-win team for sure. Oh, Winning the division, well, Phillip, oh, Rivers, Phillip Rivers is going to be probably uh, right around 15th again. I mean, I the really good. think he, I think he will. And then the he's, going, to about say, he's, going, he's quarterback 24 right now. So if you want to wait on quarterback, which I highly advise, I mean, I'm going 14th, 15th, 16th round until I'm grabbing my quarterback. Uh, Phillip Rivers might not be too bad. And then you know what? You got that's, someone else on the waiver wire, like a Gardner Minshew if Philip Rivers doesn't work out. That's that's if it's a one quarterback league. So that's right. Assuming that.
2: Yeah. But uh, the, the good thing about it uh, with his play declining, is I think this this team is just gonna run run the ball. They're gonna they're gonna run their offense through the run game. They have two you know, they have one amazing running back in my opinion and one really good running back.
0: Um, I actually You love Naeem Hines. Yeah, I'm a Hines fan.
1: I have him on one of my dynasty leagues. And and what what I've heard or what I've read is
0: that they're gonna use him a lot. He was the Elvin Kamara version, like talent wise and everything, coming out of NC State a couple years ago. He looked great. Um, didn't mean to cut you off there, Eric, but sorry. yeah. Keep going. But sorry, but what I wanted to say I, is got excited.
2: Uh, good. But um, yeah, I think I don't know if I'm too high on Jonathan Taylor, but I think he takes over quick. I don't think it's going to be very long. I mean, maybe a couple games, if that. I mean, he's he's going to be used right off the bat. Um, you know, but they said they could be starting Marlon Mack, uh, game one, game one, but they're still going to be giving Jonathan Taylor the the ball. And I think he's going to impress with the ball in his hand and he's just going to take over real quick there. Um, and I think he has a good shot to get over a thousand yards and, you know, uh, not necessarily double digit touchdowns, but a good amount of touchdowns, maybe seven, eight, maybe even nine. Um,
0: Yeah, people love Marlon Mack, or the Marlon Mack truthers, you know, they're like, oh, he got over 1,000 yards. He was still good and efficient when he got the ball. He was, but, like, he was not highly touted coming out uh, as far as a prospect. And he's more of a more north-to-south runner, and his hips aren't too great. You know, like, he's not going to be there in the backfield either. Jonathan Taylor – or in the ca- pass-catching part of the backfield, Jonathan Taylor can do that, and he's bigger, and he's quicker. And I think if you see Marlon Mack doing that kind of production with that line and that team, and we're only thinking they're getting better, yeah, you're right. He should slide in. He should do well real quick. But just think if Marlon Mack – just think if anything happened to Marlon Mack in the next couple days or the next week, how high would Jonathan Taylor skyrocket? He's going as the 19th running back right now. I mean, he's probably what, top 10? He might be right on the borderline. Well, I I wanted to mention that is –
2: Yeah, I wanted to mention that is – for me, you know, like I want like I said earlier, I think they have one amazing running back and one good running back is talent wise, Jonathan Taylor's elite. Um his ceiling is running back one. He like I maybe not this year, but you know, overall I think his his type of talent wise ceiling, his you know, his ceiling talent wise is running back one. And I look at Marlon Mack, he's you know, I'd say his ceiling is more of a you know Mid uh, high running back two type of type of ceiling there. And that that's why I think he's just gonna take over right? He's just gonna he's going to impress so much and he's gonna be so good. He's already impressing in camp. He's running people over. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, I don't He know. just has to hold on to the football. That's the big thing. He had a couple of issues with him holding the ball in, in college. And if obviously if he comes out right away and he fumbles, that could be an issue. Um, but you're right. I think they love him there. And I think they like Mac a lot too. But uh, like we said, talent rises to the top. Uh, Taylor Taylor probably will will come through. Uh, like I said, being drafted as a uh, back end RB two right now, so could still be a good value. Uh, let's just shift to the wide receivers Hold real on quick. A that we ma- what's,
1: what's next
0: ADP AD, um, right now? I'm ADP. sorry.
1: What's uh, max ADP right now?
0: Uh, he's 33rd, so he's only going. He's only well, I don't want to say only, but he is about six rounds lower than Jonathan Taylor. So if you're not a Jonathan Taylor truther, or you're worried about the off season with him coming in and not being able to get it done right away, even though I know it's a troubled off season, but running backs tend to transition to the NFL a lot quicker than in any other position, a lot easier. Uh, so if you believe in Marlon Mack, goodness, please wait, please wait and grab Marlon Mack.
2: Yeah. And I actually, I think Marlon Max does a decent season. I still have him for like 700 yards and four or five touchdowns. It's just, I think, more, I think it's would be more. I think it would be more in the beginning of the season that he gets that, and John, especially towards the end of the season, it's going to be more of the Jonathan Taylor show.
0: I hope they trade him. Hey, they, they might. I mean, he, I think his contract's up after next season. Um, if it's not this season, actually, it could. Be, this could be his fourth year. Uh, so that 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 would definitely be something that could happen because, uh, like I said, Hines, Hines is pretty good, and Phillip Rivers loves to throw the football to uh, the running back. So, I think in PPR leagues, uh, I, I think there's a good shot that Naeem Hines could, could maybe get you on the verge of 50 catches. I don't think that's too crazy. Uh, Austin Eckler had over 90 last year. Melvin Gordon had over 40. Uh, and like I said, Frank Wright came from the Chargers offense. So, yeah. uh, I, I want to talk about the wide receivers real quick, and then we'll yeah. be done with. Uh, I think this is
1: more of an exciting, exciting um, position for them than, than a running back position, honestly. So a lot I of, agree. Really? A lot of unproven talent here. Besides there T-Y. is. Besides There's T-Y. a lot of hype.
0: Well, you know, T.Y. Hilton coming back at age 31, uh, I don't know if he's still got that same speed uh, coming off the injury from last year, too. The one, but thing, the one thing I want to mention
1: about T.Y. Hilton, we all know who he is, but Rivers does love to take that. Even at his age last year, he still loved to throw the deep pass. And if T.Y. Hilton can catch a couple of those, he can be – and he stays healthy, he can finish it as a great wide, uh, wide receiver, too, for you.
0: Uh, he could he could definitely be wide receiver too, being drafted right now as uh, the wide receiver eighteen. Uh so that right around where he could be going. Um Michael Pittman Jr. really not even drafted. Uh Paris Campbell, their their higher pick last year in the second round. Uh he uh tore his ACL, I believe, last year. Yeah. Uh and then uh but he was a high prospect out of Ohio State. Very good slot receiver. He was a higher prospect than Terry McLaurin, whom his teammate was And you see what Terry McLaurin can do. Um, Obviously different players, but Paris Campbell is extremely talented. I think that him and Phillip Rivers might have an instant connection. I think he can also get uh, potentially 50 or 60 catches this year and and do a little bit of damage. He might be somebody you want to keep an eye on for uh, either late in the drafts or for your early waiver wire. Who do you think has more receptions this year, Zach uh, Paschal or Michael Pittman? I'm glad you mentioned Zach Paschal. He was a very interesting player last year. Um, I picked him up in a couple of dynasty leagues and played him because uh, redraft. I kind of – he didn't really fit into what I was looking for. But, you know, when I played him in the deeper rosters, he's performed very well. It was extremely interesting how him and Brissett worked. And then, uh, I mean, he, you know, he kind – of, sorry? He led, he led the Colts in every
1: receiving category.
2: Yeah, for the, yeah. Right,
1: the end of the season when he played, right? Yeah, and, with Taylor with and Campbell obviously being hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, but now he's
0: back in. It's kind of like a Darius Slayton situation where they are both getting put back to the end. Now that uh, they perform well when they had their chance, but their other players are coming back in that are obviously more proven, and they're gonna they're gonna show up. Uh, and I, I think that Paris Campbell, like I said, can do really well. I think that Michael Pittman Jr. will probably have more catches than. Uh, than Pascal because he's going to get more playing time. He's going to be the wide receiver three. They spent the draft kept up. And like I said, they drafted him ahead of Jonathan Taylor. I don't know if Michael Pittman is getting enough attention right now.
2: I maybe actually should. wanted to mention something about that is I don't think them taking them, taking him above Taylor means he was necessarily a higher priority for them. I mean, is- obviously, obviously they still wanted him and they still love him, but I think it was more so there was a wide receiver run, and they were worried that he was going to get taken. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then
0: there was a running back run because they wound up they were ten picks after Michael Pittman. They picked again. They traded up three more spots to forty-one to draft Jonathan Taylor. Around that same time, Akers was going and, and so forth. So yeah, I think
1: felt, or or they felt he was a better football player.
0: I mean, you yeah. when,
1: when you still got to look at it when these GMs are setting up those boards. You know, they always they always take best player available. It doesn't matter what your holes are really. You're, you're always taking best player available. You're not going to take, you're not going to take a huge gamble and take someone that's projected to be drafted, you know, 10, 15, 15 uh, spots later. That's how you, you, you don't build, you don't build a team like that.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I like Pittman and everything, but I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of him really for this year. I do think it's going to be the T.Y. Hilton and Paris Campbell show. Um, T.Y. Hilton last year, you know, when he played, he was fantastic. Yeah. Um, And, you know, Philip Rivers and Keenan Allen had that connection. You know he's going to want to go to his number one receiver, um, and, I, and like you said, ta- speaking on Paris Campbell, I think Paris Campbell actually has a really good year. I think he gets um, actually over sixty catches. Even yeah, um,
1: I mean if you're if if you are looking for depth, especially in dynasty, that's I would definitely contact the Paris Campbell owners because he, he's going to go cheap. Um, yeah, either, but I
2: I don't think there's going to be enough there. For Pittman um, or Pascal to be any, you know, anything fantasy relevant.
0: Yeah, because Jack Doyle is going to get some targets too. Uh, you know, Rivers likes his tight end. He is thirty-one. Jack they, Doyle. He brought in Trey Burton too. Don't And they him.
2: legitimately can have one of the best r- rushing attacks in the league. So they could just be rushing a ton. I'm
0: telling you, they guys, they are building this just like the Chargers offense. It is going to, like, you know, you got Mike Williams, you had Antonio Gates, uh, you had a second tight end that you kind of rotated between Ladarius Green and whomever, Virgil Green or um, whomever, whoever was there at that time. And then, you know, you have your outside receivers and you got a slot receiver. It's going to be really interesting how they how they play. Yeah, the
2: someone, someone we haven't mentioned minutes. yet that we should is Jack Doyle. He could sneakily have a very good season.
0: He really could. He could see 80 targets. I mean, he could He could see a li- oh, yeah. even more than that. I mean, and that's – he has used as a high, high catch rate. At least he did with Luck. Luck loved his tight ends just like Rivers. But, I mean, that's 50, 60 catch potential. I mean, that I could put him, him. – Yeah, what do you have him? I got
2: him at 90 targets, 55 catches. So, yeah, I think, I think uh, he's going to 560 get more- yards and six touchdowns.
1: He's definitely going to get more touchdowns or more red zone looks because Ebron ate up a lot of that. Um when he was there in Indy
0: for sure. So
2: if he stays, right. yeah, if he stays healthy, he's going to, he's going to have a great year.
0: Yeah. So how about, well, okay. So let me ask you one then for T Y Hilton and then we're going to move on. Uh, just because I'm kind of curious myself. Um, I think I said he was like 18th in the draft position. He's uh, about 25th. We're looking on Fantasy pros here. Like I said, PPR, um, Actually, it just keeps reloading over to my standard. I'm sorry, guys. So, PPR-wise, he actually will be even lower, so he's 26th. So, Terry McLaurin – he's right between Terry McLaurin and Stephon Diggs. So, he's ahead of Diggs and behind McLaurin. Would you take Hilton over Diggs or Hilton over McLaurin?
1: No. I no. wouldn't. I wouldn't. I mean, I – I'm This assuming, year
0: for redrafts, of course.
1: Yeah, I'm assuming that – I mean, I'm, maybe I'm being a little biased. I'm assuming that Allen's going to be a better quarterback than Rivers – And then also what, what scary Terry did in Washington without really a quarterback. I, I just can't, I can't, I can't see, I can't see, you know, a big drop off going from if he has, if he struggles this year in in his second year, but also is T Y going to stay healthy. That's also a big concern of mine. He's getting up there in age.
0: Yeah. He's got a new quarterback whom we, you know, we're worried about the deep ball. I just, I'm really fading T Y this year. Um, but I'm yeah, probably both
2: those guys having a better year than him, so
0: yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see what happens with that. That's probably gonna wrap up the Colts uh, if you guys have nothing else. You mean the chargers? <laughs> yeah, or yeah. the chargers. <laughs> uh, so all right, without with that, we'll move on to uh, the Jacksonville London Jaguars uh, last season. Didn't do so hot. Well, actually, I mean, six and 10. So they probably did a little better. I think they did do a little better than their projection, but they did finish fourth uh, in the league. They did. Uh, they have Gardner Minshew. They have DJ Chark. They drafted LaVisca Chenault. Um, they lost a lot of players. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe still working on on moving. Um I don't know. I, it's just interesting to see what's going on with Jacksonville. Leonard Fournette had a 100-target season last year. Jay Gruden comes in as our offensive coordinator. Tyler Eifert comes in. Chris Thompson comes in. There's just so much uncertainty. I guess the only person you're probably certain about uh, is is DJ Chark, right? Yeah. The other thing I'm certain about is I'm drafting Gardner Mitchell in the first
1: round, so I can get that free beer for a year. Yeah, I was
2: gonna say <laughs> oh, I am falling in love with Gardner Mitchell. Not a, not for fan, not necessarily for fantasy, but just as a person, he's just awesome. Yeah,
1: he's just one of those people you want to go have a beer with, you know.
2: But yeah, they if you if you draft him in the first round, send the picture to the one Twitter, they'll give you a case of Bud Light. The one and Twitter. It, Huh? Yeah, it's, it's on it's on the it's on the on, just, Gar- it's on Gardner Minshew's Twitter just go on there and he yeah. posted it but if you win your league as same as your first round pick they give you beer for an entire season
1: hold on so you get free beer you get a free case of beer if I just draft them and I win my league
0: in your first round no, no, no.
2: you get a you get a free case of beer if you just draft them and send the picture to their Twitter
0: Oh, I'm going do that right now. But, but if you I'm win not- your
2: league, you get a you get free beer for the entire season. Well, I know I'm what guessing I'm doing next, next season.
1: season. I'm going I'm logging into one of the one of the Yahoo or ESPN websites, and I'm doing a league, a free league, and I'm drafting Gardner Mitchell. <laughs> I'm going to try to win this league.
0: <laughs> so, there you go. But <laughs> well. You know, Speaking of Gardner Minshew, I, I think, like you said, you're going on board with him. I'm going on board with him. I, I'm a big fan of the wide receivers of Jacksonville. I'll talk about them in a moment. Um, but, you know, Minshew came in as, what was that, a sixth round pick. And I was going to say, I thought he was undrafted, but I, I might be wrong. I, I got to double-check that. But, you know, Nick Foles got injured in the first week, and it just – he never looked back. Well, he did they tried to bring Foles back in. It didn't work. Minshew got another shot, and he just – he performed really well. Uh, it was it was kind of tough to even be able to sit him, but they spent a lot of money on Nick Foles, so you almost had to do that. But uh, you know he came in and he threw over twenty touchdowns, did not throw a lot of interceptions. Like we said, they finished six and ten. Uh, he what was it? Uh, twenty one touchdowns and six interceptions. That's yeah, I don't know why. Difficult.
1: If I told you that they were going to finish six and ten with a 6 round um, quarterback, you would take that as you would take that I
2: as. A I don't understand all the hate on Gardner Minshew. Like people literally, like people are just writing him off and think that he's definitely not going to be a the quarterback there next year. But like you said, he was a late round pick. That was his rookie year, and all he had was DJ Shark. Really, I mean, obviously Fournette Who, too. But I mean, who's their
1: backup. Yeah, but who's, he. Who's going to take, take over his spot?
2: Oh, I think their
0: backup is Deshaun Kaiser. I could be wrong on that one. I do like I do like a Notre Dame prospect, but there's no <laughs> chance that he's not gonna you know. No, it's Brett Hundley.
2: If they yeah. have if they have like at least an eight and eight season, or maybe even seven and nine, and in some of the games were close, I don't see them going after a quarterback next year. I think they'll stick with Minshew. But I mean, obviously, if they're you know only a couple wins, then I then obviously they're probably gonna draft the quarterback. But I like him. I think he's good. Like I really do. Not not you know, a special talent, but it's hard well, to find a quarterback nowadays. And he's a pretty good quarterback.
0: It is. And he, he had a really good floor actually too, because of his rushing ability. I mean, he had at least 40 yards in three of his games. He had at least 28, uh, you know, in, in five of them. So just alone right there, you already have three points that you're already guaranteed. Uh, he threw a touchdown pass in all but two of his games. He only played 14 of them. Uh, so 21 touchdowns in 14 games, you add LaVisca Chanel, who the Jaguars are raving about, uh, whom I also happen to love. Uh, he's going to be their short route runner uh, right in the slot who can do really well, a very powerful slot. Uh, he can do more than just a slot, but when he gets that ball, he's he's very quick. Uh, a lot of yards after catch, very similar to kind of like, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster. But then you got DJ Chark on the outside who you talked about, had over 1,000 yards with, uh, with him. They have that connection. Tyler Eifert's going to be nice over the middle for him. Uh, I think that they, I think they're not going to use Leonard Fournette as much in the passing game. Uh, they have Chris Thompson. You have to you have to take that into account. I know Chris Thompson can't stay healthy very often, but there's a reason Jay Gruden from Washington brings over his guy, uh, and uh, obviously to um, Armstead, Raquel Armstead, their draft pick from last year, he's going to get some work. So I like Fournette as a value still, though. Where he's going, he's going in the as a middle running back. Uh, he's going currently. Uh, again, in, in PPR, uh, as a running back, 12. So, for me, that's a value. What do you guys think?
2: Yeah, I like Fournette a lot, actually. I think people are also writing him off. Um, but for this year, he's going to be great. He's, I mean, it's...
0: Or 15th, it, sorry, not 12th.
2: How many receptions? Oh, that's even yep. better.
0: Yeah. Yeah, 27th overall. So, I mean, he's going in the early third round. And for me, if, you know, like we just said, Running backs are. There's a lot of talent heavy up top, and your first round's probably going to go, you know, eight nine running backs, if not more. So maybe if you're looking at the end of the second after you draft McCaffrey or early third, I think Fournette's a really good pair. You get you get McCaffrey, yeah. and then at the end of the second, grab like you know DJ Moore and grab Fournette. You have a you have a PPR gold. Well, maybe not more if you got CMC, but around that range. And.
2: I mean, and How many you, targets he did he last year? He had 100 targets and 76 catches. But not only that, but, like, it it's a very good chance he gets more than three rushing touchdowns, touchdowns this year. That's exactly
0: what the issue was.
2: So, if you're still getting 100 targets and all that passing passing work, on top of what he rushed, what he rushed for 1,150 yards and, say, six or seven touchdowns, that's going to be a very it, good year. He, what he had like, it,
0: 370 touches? I got him getting seven. Close to four hundred.
2: He had uh, let's see thirty
0: five. Yeah, he, he had three hundred and
2: forty-six of... or yeah, about three hundred
0: and forty. Yeah, I mean that's he be... the, and he finished seventh in PPR. So yeah. but that's the thing. If he doesn't get his hundred targets and his seventy six catches, what's he gonna get? Yeah, he had two hundred and sixty five rushes, so
2: but uh, like 200, what 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 makes you believe he won't get that? You know what I mean? So
0: they add like I said, they added Chenault, they brought in Chris Thompson. They have a tight end now. That's a lot more capable. They had uh, rookies and, uh, O'Shaughnessy They were hoping for, he got yeah. injured. He's gone now. Did they have Josh Oliver last year. They had Josh Oliver who unfortunately just got injured. They had hopes for him, you know, they, and then they have a uh, DD Westbrook. They have Chris Conley. I don't think those two are really going to battle much. People think they're going to be the wide receiver two or three. Again, I think Chenault's going to show pretty quickly. He's going to be the, the slot guy. DD or Conley can battle for another outside with Chark. Um, uh, but yeah, I think how
2: many? I guess, I guess, how
0: many? Seventy-nine. What? I have seventy-nine targets for Fournette. No, have, well, how many
2: targets do you have for Chenault?
0: For Chenault, I currently have eighty-eight.
2: Okay, so if you I look at it, it, D.D. Westbrook had one hundred and one targets. Chris Conley had ninety targets. If you think they're going to be battling it out, and you think LaVisca is going to take over with eighty-eight, there's yeah. still a hundred targets there for Fournette. If you think about it,
0: well, there. But you got to add Thompson. You got to add Eifert, Westbrook, um, uh Westbrook. Well, yeah, you had Conley with those. But so, I mean, I have more. I honestly, I'm lower on Chenault with targets than I want to be. I want to give him more, but I think he's going to get some rushing in there too, which is going to take from Fournette.
2: He could get 100 targets. Like I
0: said, I I think he's going. You also need
2: Eifert to stay healthy for 16 games.
0: (laughs) You do. You need that, but again, they they just they have another body that's another option that will be there to at least take away, especially in the red zone. Um, but yeah, like I said, finished seventh with only three touchdowns. Uh, that's, that's, that's a big difference. If he had eight touchdowns, he would have been really close to wide receiver or running back six. Cause he was behind by a bit, but.
2: And between the, the three tight ends that they were going between there was 50 targets, you know? So, yeah, I mean, you could, yeah, I, th- I think there's a good chance that Fournette gets 90 to a hundred targets.
1: I don't think I don't think the targets are that big of an issue if he gets his touchdowns up. I have him at getting nine True. total touchdowns this season. So like and he only had three last year total touchdowns.
0: Did he have any yeah. receiving touchdowns? So no. Uh, well, would you so rather think, have uh, Leonard Fournette or Aaron Jones? Uh, I think Aaron Jones. I Aaron mean Jones no, is no, no, get more Aaron Jones relies too so much on those
1: touchdowns. Yeah, but, so but, yeah, I, yeah. I think I'd, I'd rather take Fournette where I'm expecting him to get more touchdowns this year and still put up those um, uh, rushing yards.
2: Standard league, I'm taking Aaron Jones 100%. But especially you know, PPR, half PPR, it's it's close. It's very close. I think I'd take – Yeah,
0: because, I mean, does I was going to ask if it bothered you. He had almost 60 less touches than Fournette uh, Jones did, but he had almost 60 more points than yeah. – uh, than Fournette. So it's interesting extreme how extremely efficient uh Jones was. We know that's gonna regress and, and Fournette might have got more, but going as running back fifteen right now, uh, like we said, going in early third, I think that's a good spot to grab him. Uh so let's uh let's wrap that up for Jacksonville and uh let's go over I think to the Tennessee Titans who have another uh another bell Cow running back in their own right as everybody knows, Derek Henry. Um, is is he gonna compete for RB one this year? I mean, is he going to see 350 carries? Is he going to get double digit touchdowns? he got his money. So is this team going to be as efficient as they were? AJ Brown was insane as a rookie. Ryan Tannehill was beyond elite efficiency. Uh, efficient wise uh, Corey Davis, fifth year breakout, you know, maybe that's going to come through Johnu Smith, their young tight end, uh, finally getting a shot. Uh, I don't know. What what are you guys thinking right now with um let's start with Derrick Henry, Eric.
2: Yeah, I th- I mean I think it's going to be another fantastic year. Um I don't think he can compete for a running back 1. I just I mean, he's only going to get maybe to 20 catches, you know. It's it's not going to be a lot. Uh, it's not going to be enough to get over guys like Saquon and CMC and Elvin Kamara um and even Zeke. Um but I, I definitely see him as you know, the, the fifth running back in there. He's he's my fifth guy in redraft leagues. I'm taking off the board for sure. Um, but, yeah, I think he's going to be – I think he's going to get, you know, over 1,500 yards and double-digit touchdowns again. So it's going to be another great season for him. I think I think efficiency-wise he's going to be fine. I think the passing game is going to come down. Um, I that's, don't think –
1: my big concern right there is the passing game. What Ryan Tannehill did last year was great. Um, we've never seen, I guess maybe we've seen this Ryan Tannehill once in Miami, but he had a 70% completion percentage. That's not going to happen again. Now, it, the reason they moved on from Marcus Mariota was because he could not make those plays and, and it took away from a run game where we obviously know that Henry is their best player. Now, if Ryan Tannehill struggles and goes back to the old Brian Tannehill, is the running game going to struggle then? Because defense are going are going to load the box up. To stop, like you just said, he Henry is not a receiving back. He might get twenty catches. He's more of a downhill runner, and that's where he that's that's where he's going to get his points. But his his fantasy points is mostly by rushing. Now, if Ryan Tannehill struggles, what's going to stop the defenses from moving in and putting seven players in the box? Because I mean, I,
2: I think having AJ Brown and Corey Davis out there is going to stop that. I mean, I'm not I'm not a fan for Corey Davis fantasy wise, but he's he's a good wide receiver for an NFL team to have out there, and defense has still got to account for him, especially now that they got AJ Brown on the other side of him, um, and Jau Smith with a potential breakout year coming for him as well. Um, there's I think there's there's options in this passing game, um, but like I said, Corey Davis fantasy wise, I'm not interested. O- only wide receiver I want there is AJ Brown. Um, but, yeah, I I don't – I'm not worried about I don't – I'm not worried about it because, you know, it's not like last year. I know they were efficient, but it's not like they were one of the best passing offense – like, one of the – it's not like they were one of the most dangerous passing offenses in the league. You know, I mean, it was still the were. Derrick Henry show.
0: They were, they were extremely efficient in the last, you know, six weeks. They averaged 7.3 yards per play, which, you know, on a 16-game pace would have been the highest all-time. They were ridiculous. Uh, they were, but
2: I'm saying.
0: Yeah, they don't pass a lot. I mean, they've been the bottom five in pass attempts for like the last four years.
2: But I'm saying the most dangerous part of their offense really was Derrick Henry, in my and
1: opinion. That saying that, the, that if Ryan Tannehill can't make those throws that he made last year to move the ball, what's going to stop these defenses from? I I'm not a Ryan Tannehill fan. That's that's where I'm coming from. I've seen I've seen Ryan Tannehill come to, come here to Buffalo and I've seen him play two games a year and he struggled against the bills um, almost every game. And all of a sudden, you know, Ryan Taylor puts together six good games or whatever, 12 good games last year. And everyone, everyone freaks out. And I mean, even the the Titans freaked out because they gave him all that money. And I think it's going to come back and bite him in the butt.
0: Yeah. Well, so yeah, I mean, I'm on the same page. I don't think he can be as efficient as he was. Definitely, definitely not the whole team, but I think there's a chance that Tennessee can compete and they can do well with what, uh, I guess, with the culture that they're doing, with the way they're trying to to, to play their game, the ground and pound, and hey, let's let's throw the ball we need to. Let's throw it 25, 30 times a game. Uh, we're going to win the games 22 to 18. Uh, hope our defense does it. That's pretty tough. You know, maybe they can't win 10 games like that. I'm thinking that they may not be able to, but I think that's the philosophy they're going go to go with. We watched the Bills try to do that for 18, for 20 years. That's type of awful. Of <laughs> we did. Well, Tannehill shown some signs of fantasy point. I mean, with Miami, he was a top 10 quarterback. Uh, he did have a good season one of the years. And then, unfortunately, Adam Gase came in recently. Uh, but, you know, speaking of, of, of A.J. Brown, he did – he was amazing, like we said. He had over 20 yards per catch. I mean, no rookie's done that in the last 20 years. Uh, he had over fourteen, uh, his average depth of target was over fourteen. Like that's ridiculous. That's Tyreek Hill, like best career year level. Uh, it's just it's just insane what he did. And again, you have to expect it to come down. But fantasy points wise, I mean, he he's going to get more targets. He has to get more targets. Uh, he got he got nowhere near – I mean, what was it, 89 targets? You have to think that they're going to throw the ball more than the 455 attempts. Again, that's extremely low. Average is like 550. So add 50, 60 attempts to their team. Give 15 to 20 more to A.J. Brown. And his yardage isn't going to be – his yards per catch won't be as high as it's been. Like I said, 20 is insane. But give him down to 14 or 15 because he's just extremely explosive. He just looks great when you watch him move. You just want to watch – you just want to, you know, uh, stare and just say, hey, what's the next thing you're going to do? Because uh, it's just crazy how uh, he had eight touchdowns just in that short span of the uh, 10 games that he had with uh, Tannehill. Because that's where most most of his production all came from was that last 10 games when Tannehill was there. Uh, so a lot to come from him. Uh, he's currently going uh, as the wide receiver 16. So, right around the range of Cooper Cup, Calvin Ridley, Cortland Sutton. A.J. So Brown, who B. You, B.
1: Shark, who would you rather have?
2: A.J. Brown.
0: I'd probably rather have A.J. Brown, yeah. I, it's the, the ceiling, that's the problem in this level with A.J. Brown is you put him up to next to these guys like Cortland Sutton. A.J. Brown's got a higher ceiling. Robert Woods, A.J. Brown's got a higher ceiling. Keenan Allen. You know, uh, Adam Thielen, he doesn't. Cooper Cup, more touchdown dependent. I guess I probably would still have Cup. But then you got Calvin Ridley and A.J. Brown. For me, I think they both have really high ceilings. You know, I love Calvin Ridley. Uh, so who would you rather have there, Calvin Ridley or A.J. Brown? Probably,
2: Calvin Ridley, Just because yeah, of that Calvin Ridley.
0: I yeah. feel
1: like that offense is going to be more explosive.
0: Yeah, there, there's a chance they both could see the same amount of targets. But uh, I agree with you there that uh, I think that Kelvin Ridley's a shot for more yards, more options, uh, better ability against less coverage. Um, even everybody in that area. I mean, Adam Thielen is the only number one wide receiver in that range. Like I said, Thielen, Cooper Cup, Kelvin Ridley, Cortland Sutton, Robert Woods. Uh, Cortland Sutton is a wide receiver one right now, but there's a chance Judy comes in and changes it around. Um, so AJ Brown, eh, there's just probably got the most questions out of out of out of those five. Uh, Tannehill, uh, like we said, probably a late round guy that I draft, uh, same thing that we were talking about with, you know, Gardner Minshew range, um, just keep him down to 14, 15, 16th round, or even possibly even free agency may go undrafted. Uh, you said your piece on Derrick Henry, anybody else you want to talk about, uh, John U. Smith, is he a breakout this year? Is he any chance for, you know, tight end one?
2: No. Uh, oh oh a tight end sorry, one? a tight end one. Yeah, a tight end one, I think there's definitely a chance. Um and when, I'm, when i when we say breakout, I don't I don't think he's gonna be like a top five tight end type of breakout. I think breakout, you know, he's just gonna get more in this, you know, probably like sixty five to seventy five kind of uh, target type of year. And um I don't think it's gonna be anything crazy, but I guess breakout in terms of tight end. Breakout where he could be a back end tight end one for sure.
0: Yeah, Tannehill does uh, does uh, well, at least last season him and uh, John who was injured a little bit, uh, but they seem to have a little bit of a connection when they were together. So I'm excited to see what he can do, especially over the middle of the field. Uh, who, who's one of the division, guys?
1: Uh, that's tough. I don't, I don't think the Titans are
0: Houston.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I definitely go with Houston or the Titans.
0: Yeah, like I said earlier, I got the Colts. So I, I just I find it well. The big reason we talked about their schedule being easy is you know they play these six teams, and I I think you line them up against Jacksonville, that's two wins. You line them up against Houston, it's going to be fun to watch. I think Tennessee probably squeaks out close to the two. Same thing, or not Tennessee? I'm sorry, uh, Indianapolis against Houston. But I think against Indiana, Indianapolis against Tennessee, I think they'll run away with it there too. So no, you could have. How, you talk about how easy the schedule that this division is
1: playing. I'm just looking at um, oddmaker, uh, oddmakers in Vegas, and the over under for the Colts is 8.5, the Titans is 8.5, Texans 7.5, and the Jaguars is five for wins. Wins
0: yeah, over under skepticism too. Yeah, from from uh, from the new team. Yeah. Or so. from uh, from the new quarterback coming in, I, I like I said, I think I would hit the over on that. I, I'm, I'm I'm an over guy. They play, uh, they are at Chicago. They're playing against. Like listen to the first four games. You're at Jacksonville, home against Minnesota, home against the Jets, at Chicago, at Cleveland versus Cincinnati. I mean, you should be four and two, at least. Well, you know, you know they're going to be three and three, right? Uh, you know that could be. Then they got their bye. Then they played Detroit. And then it gets a little tougher. Baltimore, Tennessee, Green Bay, then Tennessee again. Um, but I don't know. They end with Jacksonville. They have division games. I think that uh, 10 or 11 could definitely be possible. But that will wrap up the AFC South for us. Complete the AFC in general. We are going to move on to our final division, uh, the NFC South. So Probably one of the more fun divisions. I, I would agree with that. This is this. I always love every season Watching these division games on TV A lot of times they're Sunday, Monday night Football games And they just, they like you said They put up points, they're exciting, they're fun You got the Atlanta Falcons, the Carolina Panthers uh, The New Orleans Saints and the Tampa Bay Bucs uh, You know you, It's It's again crazy to watch Because you have three of probably The top ten best quarterbacks we've seen in the last 15 years, well not probably You got Drew Brees and Tom Brady and then you know uh, some of the best ever And then you squeak Matt Ryan in there uh, You had Cam Newton for a while uh, Now you get Teddy Bridgewater But uh, no. we're gonna We're gonna start uh, to talk about the Carolina Panthers Speaking of uh, Teddy Bridgewater They bring him in from New Orleans As, their, uh, as he was a backup there uh, Matt Rule from uh, Baylor Comes in and he's the new head coach uh, Ron Rivera left They revamp everything uh, Brand new culture, brand new team uh, Joe Brady comes as the offensive coordinator from LSU. That amazing offense that they saw in college that was setting records. So, what uh, what goes on here with with the new Carolina Panthers, guys? Uh, is it the same Carolina Panthers we've seen? Does CMC get his hundred plus targets? Is DJ Moore going to get hyper targeted? Uh, you know, does Robbie Anderson come in and Curtis Samuel help stretch the field? Uh, what, do, what do you see here, Eric?
2: Yeah man, I think it'll definitely be be more of the same for McCaffrey. Um you know, maybe not getting 116 receptions, but that's just insane, but I mean, definitely over 100 targets for him. Um and more I think it'll be, he'll finish as the number one uh, running back again uh clearly. I mean, Saquon'll push for it, but it'll it'll be close there. I think McCaffrey gets it though just because to me the only other one there is DJ Moore in this offense. I mean, it's going to be CMC and DJ Moore. I'm not a huge. I like Robbie Anderson, but I mean, we we've seen what he is. Uh, then you got Curtis Samuel there as well. They'll be they'll be fighting for targets. Um, I don't necessarily think DJ Moore would get hyper targeted, um, but he's gonna get a lot of targets. Um, but again, yeah, it's it's gonna be more. It's just gonna be DJ Moore and CMC for me.
1: My question. That's really all I'm excited about. My question is, is Teddy Bridger Bridgewater, excuse me, gonna be aggressive at all in this offense? What I've classified Teddy Bridgewater in over the years, I know he's he was injured, um, but he was more of a game manager. Especially his when he was in Minnesota, then he got hurt. Um, we only seen him play a couple games here in in New Orleans. Is he gonna are these is he going to hurt the wide receiving core here? I mean, they have such a good young wide receiving core on paper. I mean, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel and Robbie Anderson. I mean, that's, those are three great young players. If Bridgewater doesn't take the shots on the field dirt, those three are in trouble fantasy wise.
2: And that's why, that's why for me, you know, wide receiver wise, I I'm only interested in DJ Moore. Yeah. Um, and he, th- I guess that would give him a good shot to get hyper targeted. Um, but yeah, it's it it just depends what what can Bridgewater really do. And
1: Curtis Samuel does now that you say that Curtis Samuel does does scare me a little bit too. He did have hundred five targets last season. He only brought in fifty four receptions. I mean, I would have to look at all those throws, to see which ones were catchable, which ones weren't, but that's that's also that that seems a little that he only caught fifty percent of the balls that were thrown on, that's that seems a little low to me.
2: But well, don't forget, good. they
1: had
0: Kyle Allen. I mean, Kyle yeah. Allen was literally one of the worst. Yeah, no, Yeah, that's why I said I would have to look at all the throws. Yeah, before, exactly. Right, before, and Before I assumed what, what
1: was catchable or what wasn't catchable, um, before I give them too much crap for it. But it just seems a little low if you just look at the numbers.
0: Yeah, and I like a lot of what you guys said with a a few points here. Uh, Bridgewater will come in. He is definitely a game manager. But don't forget, you know, his second season with Minnesota when they had a great defense, he was 11-5. and They went to the playoffs. Unfortunately, you know, he got injured uh, after that. But he was able to do it. Uh, He was able to have a a good record with a good team that was able to run the ball. Uh, Obviously, with Adrian Peterson, Stephon Diggs was their number one there, but nobody had over 100 targets on that wide receiver core. That's going to be a lot different here. Uh, Carolina is a fast-paced team. They ran some of those plays in the NFL. Uh, like I said, Kyle Allen came in, did not do well, but you know he had Will Greer and Cam Newton. They threw the ball one of the most – uh, some of the highest attempts in the NFL. So I think DJ Moore is going to be treated like the Michael Thomas of New Orleans. He's not Michael Thomas. Don't hear what I'm not saying, but he might be. Would you
1: say he's Michael Thomas?
0: But he <laughs> might be. Now – uh, but really, he's just so talented. He's still 23 years old, third year in the league. Uh, he had, uh, like you said, 135 targets last year, almost 1,200 yards. It was just four touchdowns that really knocked him out of, you know, being being a really high wide receiver uh, last season. Uh, but he's still extremely good in PPR. Uh, but my point being with Teddy Bridgewater and Michael Thomas, when Teddy Bridgewater was in because Breeds was hurt, Michael Thomas's production stayed the same. It was on par with targets, catches, yards, downs. It was not
1: much different. I mean, you see all the great wide receivers. It doesn't matter who their quarterback is. They still, they still are, are great. I mean, look what Hopkins said it, all those years in, in Houston.
0: I agree with you. and that, But, but my, my point on saying with that is the fact that he still targeted at number one wide receiver because they didn't really have amazing options other than that. Like I, Like if he had a great number two as well, would he still have targeted Thomas the same? And he felt that comfortable. So that's why I think he's going to come over in a shortened off season. And then and he's going to use what they love best. And that's DJ Moore. He's great. He's their big receiver that runs and his plays very similar to uh, Michael Thomas. You know, they're, uh, they're very, very good route runners and they catch the ball. They usually go down. They're not crazy with their yards after catch, but they get a lot of targets. They get a lot of catches. They'll get that 10, 11, 12 yards per catch range. And they'll get you seven, eight touchdowns. So, If he had seven – or, I'm sorry, even if he had – yeah, we'll go. Even if he had seven touchdowns, uh, that would give him three more touchdowns. He would have been wide receiver nine, just with three more touchdowns. So he had 135 targets. I think he can get close to 160. I have him as my wide receiver six. I don't think that that's crazy to think at all. I think McCaffrey's targets, 142 is just, it's wild. That's coming down. Like you said, Curtis Samuel getting 105. That might be Robbie Anderson or Curtis Samuel range. Uh, and then, you know, Greg Olson having his 82 when he was there, that, that could be, uh, that could definitely be Robbie Anderson. So I think there's the targets can shift and they're going to throw 600 plus again. Um, I think now, but Keenan, what I want to talk about your bold prediction was that Christian McCaffrey wouldn't be a top five back. So are you still drafting him if you had the number one overall pick today?
1: Just because it's a ball prediction, I'm not going to
0: – I'm not going to not draft Christian McCaffrey.
1: Um, there's just some factors where I think that that can hurt Christian McCaffrey. He had a great year last year. I don't see that being repeated. And second of all, it's just – there's so many question marks in this offense. It's a, it's a new coaching staff, new quarterback, a – a uh, new wide receiver in Robbie Anderson, a new tight end. There's so many questions. I, I don't know how they're going to use any of these players. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming they're going to use McCaffrey and DJ Moore, but it it, it depends on how this offense is, is going to flow and the, co- and the play calls are going to happen. I am am i don't know. I really don't know. I'm, I'm taking Christian McCaffrey, obviously, at one, but I'm still, I'm, I still don't think he finishes in the top. I mean – let me, let me let me let me reword that. He might he's gonna probably
0: finish in the top five, but in my bold prediction, I'm just gonna back it up and say he. Won't. So top two. That's what I want to bring up though. If you say his bold prediction that he may be out of the top five, cool. and you're still comfortable with one,
1: it's kind of screw me because I had him being a top five top five back, and now if he doesn't play, and now the Sanders issue also
0: with with the.
2: It's just a bold prediction. Don't so, worry.
1: Yeah, it's no, just a-
0: I know, but that's why I was asking. You know, top two. Can you like? Do you think there's a chance he won't finish top two? Because, like you said, I'm just I'm just playing this world because he had uh, four over 400 touches. Net. You know, if he doesn't get 140 targets and he gets 110 targets, so say he loses 30. I mean, he's down now. You're talking almost 40, 50 points just reception wise. I have him for
2: 110. I think.
1: I have him. Yeah. I had him at 102
0: receptions, right? Or. Uh,
1: Rushing attempts. rushing attempts. No, I'm sorry. I'm going to look at how this. Many? Targets? Yeah, targets. I have 102, <laughs> 102 targets, 240 attempts uh, receiving. Uh,
0: yeah, rushing. so that's a lot. I mean, how many how many fantasy points do you have for in PPR? Because, I mean, I know he killed everybody by almost 160 last listen, year.
1: But... Listen, it was just a bold prediction,
0: Antonio. We don't need it. Well, we don't need it. <laughs> <we don't> <laughs> no, I'm just making a case of like – I'm making a case for you know, the Saquon Barclays of the world. A bold These because Ezekiel is going to see more carries than him. And if Ezekiel listen, if Zeke sees 70, 80 targets, listen, he's going to get more touchdowns. Than listen, if
1: he's not in the top five, everyone's going to call me a genius. If he isn't if he isn't a top five, I'm just going to be like, hey, guys, it's a bold prediction. What do you want from me?
0: So, either way, I'm I'm good.
1: I covered my butt.
0: Yeah, you, no, you're good regardless. I just yeah. want to pick your opinion. Don't on come at me like two. that.
2: I will say, it, I, for me, he's my number one. Um I have I have his targets coming down to 110 but I still got him in a full PPR league. I still have him at 378 points. It's I still think it's going to be a great year. Um at least this year, next year um but I mean eventually with all, with that that amount of work, that big of a workload, it's going to come down. I mean, he's going to hit a wall eventually. It's, I mean, it's pro- it's been proven in the years like these guys They can't sustain more than three, four years of that kind of workload.
1: My my whole thing on McCaffrey is it was just a crazy year last year for him. Like, we've never seen it before. I could see him, you know, taking a huge hit into where he is out of the top, maybe two.
0: Yeah, almost like the same argument for Lamar Jackson. You know, he could still be one or two, but his efficiency and his production can go down a lot. I hear you there.
2: Uh, but that's the crazy thing. I think is like I said. I still have him with thirty less targets, and obviously, you know, obviously, uh, less yards and everything. And he's still for me over two thousand combined yards. I mean, I, I don't. know. It's so hard. Yeah, to I, not have him had him at, I have him
1: at. I have him at seventeen hundred yards.
2: I just, yeah, I just feel like it's so hard to not. How many touchdowns
1: him you have him at? Fifteen total. I have him at fourteen. Well, Well, no, I have him at 13. I'm sorry. I have, I have nine, nine uh, rushing and four
0: receiving. Yeah, I've got him for 14 touchdowns as well. So we'll talk a lot more uh, about him next week. Uh, Let's move on here to the Atlanta Falcons, a team I'm really excited to talk about. Uh, They had a a tale of two seasons, right? You know, they were one in seven in their first eight games, lost a few close ones were able to turn around and with six, in, we're six and two the second half of the game of the season. Now I know that they had a little bit of an easier schedule, but it was still a transition for that offense. Uh, Dirk Cutter came back uh, as the offensive coordinator, which he was back from 2012 to 2014. So there's some familiarity with uh, Matt Ryan and the offense. Uh, they kept consistency up top with Julio Jones and Kelvin Ridley. Uh, Ridley, we should see leap. We'll talk about him in a minute, but they lost. Austin Hooper, they lost Devonta Freeman. Uh, Muhammad Sanu was traded. Uh, they they brought in uh, uh, Hayden Hurst, sorry from Baltimore. They traded for him. Uh, someone they're pretty happy about. And then they brought in Todd Gurley. So new faces, but some old faces. And Matt Ryan in his second season with offensive coordinators, he tends to really do well. And we've seen in this Atlanta offense in the past perform very very well for fantasy on multiple positions. And I think that we could see that again. So what kind of a, uh, what kind of a uh, Matt Ryan and Atlanta Falcons team are we going to see, guys? Is it going to be the first half or the second half? Uh, what do you think? Were they did they finish last in the division last year? No, I'm, I'm sorry, I misspoke. It was second. They were seven and nine.
1: Okay, well, I mean, Matt Ryan is looking at, for four thousand yards for the tenth season this year, and like you said, he has that off year, off year good um, year rotation going. Um, I. I could see more of the second half Atlanta Falcons of last year, just because I mean they just have so much talent. I mean Kelvin Ridley, we are always talking about him. You and I like him. I'm sure Eric likes him too. Julio Jones, one of the best you know wide receivers in the league. They re- they upgraded a running back. Hopefully, if he can stay healthy with Todd Gurley, he will replace Devontae Freeman. And then and they did lose Hooper, but they also replaced him with. Hayden Hurst so I mean the, this offense has so much weapons I don't I don't see them you know I I see them making the playoffs this year I I, I don't see them winning the division because of because what Tampa can possibly do but I can see them going ha, having a wild card and like I said I see Matt Ryan having that like you said leap year where he is going to have a great year this year
2: yeah the leap year is real. Um I mean, everything just points to them having a great season. Like you said, they added Todd Gurley. uh, They got rid of Hooper, but they added Hayden Hurst, who they gave up a second-round pick for. And, you know, nowadays, giving up a second round, I mean, I guess always, but giving up a second is – that's a lot of, you know, that's a lot to give up if you think about it, Um, especially when you could have, you know, just re-signed Hooper. I mean, I know it wasn't easy with the cast base and everything, but – I don't know, going from Hooper to him. I'm I'm not worried about it. I mean, Hayden Hurst. He what, he was a first round draft pick. Yeah, uh, he, I believe. Yeah,
1: drafted him before they drafted uh, Mark. Uh, Mark Andrews. Andrews yeah.
2: yeah, and Lamar. Um, and Lamar. Yeah, and Lamar. yeah. So I mean, he's 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 gonna be good. Um, and you know, with Calvin Ridley healthy, this offensive line, this other their offensive line, hopefully he's gonna stay healthy for the year. So that's gonna be a lot better. And yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be the the leap year. He's gonna, I think he's gonna catapult up back into that top six, seven quarterback range. And be even a, higher
1: for a sleeper that I, I don't think anyone's really talking about. He might be the more undervalued wide receiver is Russell Gage. I don't know if you, I don't know if you guys um, have I'm your. Glad, I
0: wanted to talk about him, so I'm glad you're bringing yeah. him up.
1: I was, I don't, I don't know if you guys have your predictions pulled up. I just lost mine. Hold on one second. Let me, let me scroll back up. I have him getting 86 targets and 56 receptions and four touchdowns just because, I mean, if he's going to, if he's going to have that huge leap here, they're going to need a wide receiver three to, to make a impact on this offense. And if, I mean, you're obviously Calvin, Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones are going to be key factors for every defense to stop that offense. Russell Gage in the sl- is he a slot receiver?
0: They do use him in the slot, yes.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I could see him having a great year. And if you're looking at getting a late sleeper, I'm telling you right now, you might you might you might um, be able to pick him up in free agency after the draft, unless you have one of us in your league. But that, yeah. but that you have one of us in your league, you're not winning your league, so.
0: <laughs> yeah you, you definitely can get him undrafted uh currently going as a wide receiver 84 overall 389th so you should have no problem grabbing him you know he's young he's 23 or 24 now uh he's just someone that's always kind of stepped in and filled the role for them like you said plays in the slot he had 74 targets last year uh i just i don't know that's a little ambitious more ambitious than i have for. i got him for about 60 targets but i also have uh hearst's Julio uh, and uh, Calvin Ridley. How many in? targets you have for Hurst? I have ninety-eight for Hurst. See, I have eighty-one. Yeah, I have. I have Hurst.
2: Uh, I have a hundred and two for Hurst. Hooper oh came in at ninety-seven. Oh
0: boy. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hooper came in at ninety-seven, and yeah. I think, like you said, they traded a second for him. They really want to use him in the offense. Well, we are all over the place on him. Well,
2: I mean, Austin Hooper also got hurt.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he only played. That's a good point. I mean, he only played thirteen games. So, I mean, imagine how many. T- I mean in the game, he was on pace to be well over a hundred targets. So I have Kelvin Ridley taking the replacement of those. I have Calvin Ridley getting almost 130 and Julio seeing 150. So between those three guys, I've got, you know, close to 60 ish percent, 65%. So the rest is going between, you know, the running backs and uh, any other tight end. And then you got gauge um, Justin Hardy, you know, those guys. So I think that uh, I think that he's a good call. Uh, Russell Gage for a late round PPR sleeper. But I want to mention real quick on that, that leap year that we keep referencing so you don't think we're crazy. So every second year of his offensive coordinator, which he's had he's had four of them, uh, by the way. Uh, so the second year for Matt Ryan, he's finished eighth. He's had four offense coordinators in
1: nine seasons.
0: Yeah, it's crazy how often. They, well, they, they leave and go get better jobs. He had Mike Malarkey first. He left and went. And forgot the Titans job. He had Dirk Cutter. Dirk Cutter left went, went to Tampa Bay job. He had Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan went to San Francisco. Now he's got Steve Sarkeesian. Sarkeesian went back to Alabama or US wherever he you know goes. has got Dirk Cutter again. Ryan Ryan's
1: getting offensive coordinators
0: paid. But that's yeah, but that's the thing with him, is that's why the first year is always a struggle. People offensive coordinator, he'd be a top ten quarterback every single year. Uh so like the his second year with all these coordinators, his he was finished eighth. Then 15th, but Julio was injured Roddy White was injured, Steven Jackson was injured Everybody was injured Um, And then he finished 2nd with Shanahan 2nd with Sarkeesian And now he's got Dirk Cutter, where the second half of the season They were 6-2 and Uh, You know, I mean, I think he's going to come in Like I said, he's going to be 5th or 6th They're going to throw the ball a hell of a lot Calvin Ridley is going to make an assumption Uh, Some fun Calvin Ridley, uh, Julio Jones stat Uh, Julio Jones was drafted by Atlanta When Uh, Roddy White was 30. Well, Calvin Ridley was drafted by Atlanta when Julio Jones was 29, so that's pretty close. Now let's listen to Julio Jones' second-year stats. 128 targets, 79 catches, 1,198 yards, and 10 touchdowns. You hear that there? Let's listen to what Calvin Ridley was on pace for because he only had 13 games last year. He was on pace for 114 targets, 78 catches, 1,065, and 9 touchdowns. Third year, Julio broke out was crazy. I mean, it, it's, or I'm sorry, he fractured his foot, but his fourth year he broke out. This is Calvin Ridley's third year. I think this is the year he's going to get a lot more targets. He's going to get 1,300 plus yards, double-digit touchdowns. He's going to be a wide receiver one. He's going to ascend, guys. Calvin Ridley, or Julio is going to get his own, but you need to get Calvin Ridley. He's being drafted. To,
2: I don't think I don't think Ridley's going to get a ton more targets. He said he was on pace for 114. Correct. Um I, I actually have him down for 122. The the difference with the situations I have is that when Julio broke out, Roddy White was not as good as Julio is right now, if that makes sense. Like, Julio Jones is still elite. He's still a top five wide receiver in the league. Um, and that's it's, why – well, It's I mean,
0: funny that you say that, though, because that's not fully the case. Because the season – That, uh, the season that, uh, Julio Jones had gotten injured, which would have been his third season, Roddy White still had 1300 yards. Like he, he still played in 2013. I'm sorry. And I'm sorry, 2013, he got injured, but he had a really, really good year. But the two years before that, he still had over 1300 yards and seven, eight touchdowns. He was doing really well. The fourth year though, when Julio broke out, he had 125 targets. 80 catches, 921 yards, and seven touchdowns. So Julio took over. Now at that same point, though, they weren't throwing the ball at that moment that much comparatively. So that's why I think that Calvin Ridley's going to get those targets to take that leap because you know he was on, pe- tar- on pace for 114. But don't forget that eight of those games he had Austin Hooper and Muhammad Sanu.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not like dissing so on Ridley. I, I still think he's, he's going to be a wide receiver one. Yeah. More so, though, because the touchdowns. Um, yeah, I, I
0: appreciate uh, I appreciate the –
2: How many targets do you think Ridley, I guess, is going to get?
0: I have him for 131.
2: Okay. I mean, yeah, it's only nine more than me, so it's not like the crazy difference.
0: Yeah, it's not. Um, It's not. But he, don't forget, double-digit touchdowns, something Julio really, yeah. really doesn't get. Um, but let's, let's – that's enough about the wide receivers. Let's talk about Todd Gurley. He came in, obviously, amazing running back uh, for a while with the Rams – worries about his knee he's still only 25. are you worried about his knee is he is he a running back is he a running back one for you this season uh being drafted uh still at the back end uh the second early third what are you doing with ty gurley i'm you know
1: when when uh the offseason started first i was trying to get rid of him on all my dynasty teams um and no one no one really wanted him. Everyone was nervous about his injuries and whatnot. As the off season went on, people started started asking what I want for Todd Gurley, and I want a lot for Todd Gurley. Now, you had your chance back in March to get Todd Gurley, but now I'm I'm thinking that Todd Gurley is going to be back to the Todd Gurley of two years ago, as long as he can stay healthy. Um, just think about it. There's no no training camp. There was no. Uh, off-season workouts. There was no preseason games. There was no, a very light training camp. He, he played limited last year. If Todd Gurley doesn't have that, doesn't come back to being Todd Gurley this year, he's never going to become, he was never going to be what he was a few years ago.
2: Yeah. I don't think he's going to be what he was a few years ago. Um, but I still think he definitely could finish as a back end RB one. Um, well, potentially I, higher even, too, depending on – I mean, it really depends. I mean, I think there's still – there's there's going to be still an issue with the knee. I mean, I don't. you I, saw last year. He, he he was different last year. Yeah, I um, don't think
1: he's going to be back to, like, what he was – you know, I might have – I worded that wrong for sure. I don't think he's going to be what he was a few years ago. He's not going to be, uh you know, the third best running back in the league or first best running back in the league. But he's – I can see him being a top ten.
2: Yeah. 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 I definitely think he's going to be a little bit better than last year for sure. Um, especially, I mean, there's, there's nobody else there behind him. Um, right. And they got a better offensive line there in Atlanta. Um, I mean, arguably, arguably a better offense overall. It's close, but I mean, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I, I like him for this year for sure. I definitely, but I I think more back end RB one top 15 for sure. So would it you depends have... on the touchdowns. I mean, it, it all depends on the touchdowns and how many touchdowns he's going to get there. Because he could, he could be another one who's who's easily could see double digit touchdowns in my opinion. But at the same time, he might not. So we were
0: talking about Leonard Fournette earlier. Would you rather have Todd Gurley or Leonard Fournette?
2: Probably. Uh, uh, it's that's...
1: it's a uh, it's even for me. Don't matter. Fill up a coin.
2: That's close, but I think I'd go fornette just because of uh, the receiving game. I mean, well, I, 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 like I said, I think I think Fournette gets a um, hundred targets, like he did last year. Whereas I have Gurley at in the sixties. So I mean that you know that's f- potentially forty more targets. You know what he could do with that. Um, but at the same time, I think Gurley scores more touchdowns. So it's it's close, like Keenan said. So James Conner or Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley, just because, I mean, they both have injury uh, concerns, but, I mean, I'd go with Gurley's injury concerns over James Conner. But I do love James Conner. If James Conner plays a full 16, he's going to be better than Gurley.
1: I just – I think think Todd Gurley as well, just because I feel like Todd Gurley is going to get a lot of red zone uh, touches and – I have him at double-digit touchdowns um, all together. I have him at 14 touchdowns, 10 rushing and four receiving. Um, That's got to put him pretty high then for your RBs. Yeah, I got him at number one, baby. Come on. <laughs> got to get McCaffrey out of there.
2: Yeah, no. someone has to kick McCaffrey out of Yeah,
1: someone's got to do it. But, no, uh, he, he, I have him at – right now I have him at – We'll find out next week. Yeah, you're right. We'll find out next week is right.
2: Say it, a little preview.
0: Yeah, so I want to, I want to just talk about that real quick. I mean, I think Gurley's going to do really well. I think you guys hit a lot on the, uh, a lot of the nails on the head there. Uh, I think he's going to get over 250 touches. They're going to utilize him. They're going to run him the ground. Um, I like Hayden Hurst a lot. I don't know if, you know, like I said, we're giving him a lot of targets uh and we're expecting to have him come a lot uh, have a lot come out uh, from this offense just like we're going to do with Todd Gurley like you're plugging him into a high powered offense the volume's going to be there you're hoping they're going to keep trucking down the field it's going to obviously not stack the box for Todd Gurley which was something he saw a lot on the Rams it's it could be it could be a revelation for him it really could he could wind it, up being a league winner for people and being a top 5 back i mean if that, devonta that freeman, definitely could happen it could I if mean. devonta freeman could do that just a short four years ago, I mean, it, like you said, it's in the touchdowns, Keenan. I mean, it's in the touchdowns and the catches. That's where Devonta Freeman did. It had over 60, 70 catches, double-digit touchdowns. I mean, there's the a thing shot. For,
2: the thing I think about, though, is I guess the reason why I would put him towards like a back-end RB1 is not necessarily because I think he doesn't have as good of a year. It's just more so because, like I stated earlier, is – this I feel like the running backs this year, at least the top end, is just there's a lot of really good running backs, especially in that you know five to twelve thirteen range, um, and that's the only reason why I, I worry about him actually hitting top five potential.
0: Yeah, the knee, I mean, the knee could go bad. Uh, he could get injured. Uh, I don't think. I do see him getting outperformed. That's the thing, like, people think that his floor could be pretty low. I don't see Ito Smith or Quadri Allison taking him over, so I think it's a Todd Gurley show all season. It's just your efficiency may not be as high you want, as you want.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely not worried about anyone taking over there for him. Yeah. Um, not even close. It's just more so, like, like I just don't think he's going to get – he's not going to get anywhere near as much work as the top four – uh he's not gonna get nearly as many carries as Derrick Henry. He could get as many touches as Derrick Henry, but not nearly as many carries. And I think, you know, Derrick Henry would have more touchdowns. Um but yeah, it's I mean Very he true. could he 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 could potentially. That offense is great. So I mean there's definitely potential for top five there, but cool. like I said, just because of how good all the other running backs are, um, that's why I just have him closer to the back end RB one. Yeah, I can
0: get on board with that, and uh, I think with that, that'll cause us to move on to the New Orleans Saints. All right, so the Saints. Uh, same old, same old with them, right? Same old, same old. Finishing first in division, division, uh, 13-3. and three. Like we mentioned, Bridgewater played six games. They didn't really miss a beat. Uh, they, uh, you know, And Breeze is going to be Breeze. He's going to kill it. Uh, Kamara is going to kill it. Michael Thomas, we know he's a number one wide receiver. There's not much to talk about with him. Uh, he's consistent as they come. He might lose some targets, you know, maybe 10 to 15, 20 targets, but he's still going to be up there for that number one. Uh, somebody I do want to talk about, though, uh, is going to be Elvin Kamara. They still have Latavius Murray there. He still took a good amount of workload. Kamara claimed he was battling an injury. Nearly all season, uh, you know, it, it looked at points that we could see that he was. But you've got a man that's had age eighty-one catches every season he's been in the league. PPR monster, currently going as an RB four. Is he someone that can get more touches now, more carries, double-digit touchdowns? Like, can he possibly become that RB two or three? And maybe, maybe you should be thank- thanking him as a value at, at four or five or six. Absolutely.
1: I mean, you said yourself. He's, what, got 80 receptions every season since, he, since he's been in the 81 league? 81 each year. Such yeah. an odd thing. Yeah, so, I mean, he, he's – I could see him taking that next step. I mean, and especially if there's a injury holding him back. I think – wasn't it 80, 81 receptions in three years? Has he been in the league for three seasons now? Yeah, this will be his fourth year. Fourth year? Is, I think he's gotten 81 in all three seasons. Correct. Yeah. Oh, no, is that what you said? I'm sorry. Um, but – if he was battling an injury last year, I—I I mean, who would you rather have on a on the field is it a healthy Evelyn Kamara or a healthy Latavius Murray more? I mean, definitely I would, want
0: Kamara. And yeah, I, mean, I
1: definitely have Kamara. And if and if he was battling an injury, I'm assuming the Saints knew about it and they were you know keeping him out of some plays or or on a pitch count.
2: Yeah, I think he's gonna have a much better season. I think it was clear that he was battling an injury. I mean, he missed game missed time because of it. Um and yeah, he was just he was he was different. I don't know, and not only that, but I think his touchdowns go up for sure this year. Um it, it, he was another one like Fournette that was struggling with, with the rushing touchdowns. And um and yeah, he's gonna have he's gonna go up in that. He's he's gonna be healthier. Uh this this team's still gonna be great. It's gonna run through him and Michael Thomas. Um and yeah, I know I know they uh I know their Breeze said that, you know, he could see a Traquan breakout but you know they got Emmanuel Sanders there too um, and like i said it's mainly going to run through Michael Thomas so i mean he could have a breakout but i think you know a breakout isn't it, it could still be a decent year but not really not really is, anything like super fancy relevant you know more of a wide receiver 4 5 ish type of year
1: the thing i'm impressed about Traycon Smith excuse me he caught 10 touchdown passes on 69 targets that's yeah that's really really impressive and he's got a great deep route yeah, so if if he can beat out Sanders for that, and maybe even Tad Ginn, who, who who's to say that he can't beat out Ted Ginn in in the, in the Sanders for the, the number two spot? I mean, it's probably highly unlikely, but but I mean he.
0: Well, again, yeah, yeah They got Trae Smith. Ginn's gone now. Oh, again Ginn is gone. Yeah, so yeah, he's over in yeah, Chicago.
1: Yeah, yeah, so I mean, I could see San- I could see him beating out Sanders. Now, maybe not to start the season, but as the season goes on, I can see Smith becoming that number two option there.
0: Yeah, I like Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, just the way he plays, I love the the tenacity. And obviously, come back from that Achilles and still having a great year. And uh, I don't know if, excuse me, he's going to be able to have a great production that, you know, people would be hoping for as the number two for the wide receiver for Drew Brees, but um, – yeah. I don't think it's going to be that great. I think, you know, maybe like an 80, 80 targets is maybe where he'd be looking at four or five targets a game. Uh, you know, then you have Jared cook who he also has a high touchdown rate. I think he had like seven touchdowns on 70 catches last year or 70 targets. So you got to expect that's probably going to come down a little bit. Um, they drafted Adam Troutman, a uh, big tight end who could, who could help with some targets in the red zone. Yeah. I don't know. I think uh, they're a great team. They produce a lot and, they're always efficient, and and they can only improve, and that's kind of just uh, a wonderful thing about the Saints. Do You think Smith or Sanders can get seventy plus uh, targets this year? Yeah, I think I think Sanders will get around eighty. Uh, Traquan will probably get around the sixty or seventy range. Well, the only reason I say that is the last person to do that, besides Michael Thomas <laughs> in, a New
1: or- in a New Orleans offense, was Ted Ginn back in two thousand seventeen. So it's been it's been two full seasons since someone else got seventy plus targets. So.
0: Yeah, and besides, that was a, well, that was a wide receiver. Yeah, um, wide receiver. But just wide yeah, yeah. I do agree with. I think that it's going to happen. And like we said, like I think Michael Thomas's targets are going to come down a little bit, which is going to transfer over to more of the wide receivers. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, I guess what I got to. The thing I just want to talk about Kamara again, real quick, because yeah. he was on pace to do better. Than he's done at least rushing wise for sure. But his touchdowns were low, like we said, and his yards per catch was extremely low. I think that's, that's a lot where that injury was really coming into play. I was just uh, about he, to mention that. Yeah. yeah. He only had six and a half yards per catch. He, he's his career is up in the nines. So that's a, if you give him that he would have had over 800 yards of catch uh, or 800 yards uh, in the air. And you would have been looking at him right now. Wow. You do that in 14 games, your 16 game pace. You're going to have the best year of your career.
2: So, and not only that, but like I mentioned earlier about the touchdowns, look at his rookie year. He had 13. Uh, two years ago in 2018, he had 18 touchdowns. And then he goes down to six this year. Um, I mean, obviously he missed two games and, and whatnot. But, I mean, it was just clear he just wasn't the same running back. He just wasn't the same
0: player. Still finishes the RB9. Yeah. Yet so. he's going as the as the fifth running back behind Delvin Cook. I'm sorry. I'm not on board with that. He's my RB, RB4. Um, it's been I've, I've been battling between him and uh, Zeke for my RB three,
1: yeah.
0: Um, but it, it's just tough. Again, we'll I'm see. Drafting, how w- I'm drafting next week in our big league
1: at third. I'm and I'm taking him. I'm taking uh, Kamara unless someone decides to take him at one or two. But I'm definitely taking Camara at three.
0: Yeah, I think 90 catches is definitely on the table for him. It's going to be a really good year for him. Fully healthy, uh, double
2: digit touchdowns. Seventeen hundred combined yards potentially. That's why I said
0: like he he could he could really go for that number one. Aaron Jones did it uh, as number two with nineteen touchdowns. Uh, if if Kamara can get fifteen sixteen and like you just said seventeen hundred yards, I mean, who knows? The sky's the limit. He can get a thousand thousand. He is one of those players could, yeah. in the league Absolutely. that could be a thousand thousand. And then you're talking like wow, he had what McCaffrey did last year. All right, so that's one player that's going to be ahead of McCaffrey. <laughs> there you go. Right, Four more. <laughs> <laughs> um I uh I am really, really excited to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh we we really I think we engulfed a lot of what the Saints can do. We know they're great. We kinda of mentioned that over and over. We're being a dead horse. But the Buccaneers finished seven and nine last year and it, it's sorry, let me start with it. They finished seventh and nine and nine last year and, and Jameis Winston had over five thousand yards, over thirty touchdowns. Uh, Evans and God were both top five wide receivers. Like, yeah, he, he had his 30 interceptions, but I, it's just crazy to think that they were still seven and nine with that. They had a shot at the playoffs. They finished, like I said, second um, in the division. So, with Tom Brady now coming over here, the, the greatest quarterback ever, you're obviously going to see some regression in arm capability because Jameis Winston just was he just rocketed everywhere. But I don't think you're going to see 5,000 yards and Either, but you're definitely not seeing 30 touch 30 interceptions. So, what is Tom Brady going to do for Mike Evans and Chris Godwin? Who's going to benefit from that? And I think let's let's just talk it out real quick here. I know there's we're kind of uh divided a little bit, Keenan, you and I. Uh, I'm gonna let you talk about uh, Chris Godwin, but I want to start first uh, with Mike Evans. We'll let Eric be the mediator. And let's just you know, who was the last wide receiver that Tom Brady had had? That was a big body, can catch downfield and quick and a good red zone threat. Frank. As a tight end, yeah, absolutely. I, I would give you that one there.
2: But Randy for Ma- your wide
0: receiver, Randy Moss. Randy exactly. Moss. Thank you. No, 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 Hear me out. I'm not calling him Randy Moss, but you're talking about a guy that's had 1,000 yards every single year. He's oh, he's
2: Randy Moss. Moss. I love Mike Evans. John. He's had,
0: <laughs> had double digit <laughs> touchdowns multiple times. I. I don't understand if we can sit here and say, hey, you did all this with Jameis Winston, that you can't do that with Tom Brady. I get it. He's 42. I understand that. But he still has 30-plus touchdown potential. He still has 4,500-yard potential. And that's where I think Mike Evans is going to come into play. He's going to get 140 targets in my mind. I think he's going to wind up being the better wide receiver than Chris Godwin. I think he's going to get 12 to 13 touchdowns. His offense is going to be unstoppable. Bruce Arians loves to throw the football. Uh, anytime that he's in that first season with a new quarterback, they set career records somehow, some way. Uh, Manning did it through a lot of touchdowns, also through a lot of picks. Uh, Carson Palmer did it, a lot of touchdowns, a lot of picks. Andrew Luck, same thing. Uh, and then we obviously – we saw Jameis Winston do it. Tom Brady might throw the most interceptions he's thrown of his career. But that's also like 15, 14. A lot for Tom Brady. Nothing near what Jameis Winston did. Uh Chris Goblin is a different kind of slot receiver and you know I I don't think I think he's gonna obviously jump in real well and Tom Brady's gonna do great for him, but I think he's going to fall in love a bit a little bit with what Mike Evans can do more for him uh down the field. Keenan? All right. So you bring up
1: Randy Moss being the last big wide receiver for, for Tom Brady. How many Super Bowls did Randy Moss win with Tom Brady? How many Super Bowls does Tom Brady already have? How many Super Bowls did a slot receiver like Julian Edelman win with Tom Brady? So now, now the the big debate is who's who's gonna be who's gonna play in a slot more? Is it Godwin or Evans? I'm just looking at their numbers. Um, last year, Godwin pl- had 68 targets it, as a slot receiver. Let me scroll down here. Evans had 25 targets as a slot receiver. Obviously Godwin's gonna probably pay, play more in the slot. And if if Tom I don't know if I don't know if Tom Brady likes the slot wide receivers better than he, than the outside threat more than just look at West Walker and Julian Edelman. I mean he loved those guys. Um, then then obviously Godwin's gonna have a better year because Godwin's gonna play more in the slot because what he did last year, I'm assuming that he plays more in the slot. Also, with Godwin coming off a career high in receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns, I don't see how they don't try to try to try to use him more and see what he can do more. We already know what Mike Evans is. I mean, I think we we know what Godwin is too. But I feel like Godwin is going to be that more explosive player where he's going to be that slot wide receiver where you can throw him a five ten yard pass of where he can take a ninety yards. Where I feel like if Evans catches a five Five ten yard pass, he might not be taking at a house where Godwin could has that breakout potential.
0: He'll just have to knock over a defender to get to the house instead of Godwin running past the guy. Yeah, well that's <laughs> so I. I'm not, I, say, I well, I'm not saying Evans is
1: is a slu- is a, is any is a slouch by any by any you know I'm not trying to you know kill Mike Evans here because Biggie will, will kill me. If, <laughs> um, but I'm just I just think Godwin's going to have a better year.
0: Yeah, and that's – I mean, I guess same thing on this side. I'm not knocking Evans, and we're probably splitting hairs here because, uh, you know, they they could be apart in targets by five or ten, um, you know. Uh, but the thing with him was, uh, like you said, 59 percent of his routes came in the slot. He was second in slot yards per game and fifth in fantasy points from the slot. So we know, like you said, that Tom Brady loves his slot receivers. By the I mean, way, Wes Welker the, was just, on that Randy it's, Moss team, it's and
2: not, who did it's better. Not
1: just, it's not just receivers that he loves in the slot, though. He loves tight ends and and running backs also.
0: Right, but is it the system or was it Belichick? Because you said, you know, did he win a or did he win a ring with Randy Moss? Well, guess what? Randy Moss outperformed Wes Welker, who was on that team. There, they both did well. Yeah, but, but- I think I think as the time has
1: gone and Tom Brady has aged, I feel like a wide receiver like Randy Moss will not benefit Tom Brady.
2: Let me kind of let me kind of mediate here, uh, go. like Antonio said. So, well. Keenan you might like this because I do have Chris Godwin finishing higher. Um, I still think they're both going to be fantastic. both easily can be wide receiver ones probably will be it, it's not even about that. I think they're going be they're going to be fantastic but the reason why I think I, I have Chris Godwin um, ahead, of, ahead of him is like you said Antonio, you said Tom Brady doesn't have the same kind of arm strength as James Winston has. He doesn't have the same arm capability. He's not going to be chucking the ball downfield as much as James Jameson Winston was. And when you look at Chris Godwin's ADOT, it's 10.4 compared to Mike Evans, which is 15. I mean, compared to what you just said earlier, you know, Tom Brady is most likely going to be going for the shorter targets more often than not.
1: Get him, Eric. Get him.
2: <laughs> but I still love Mike Evans. Like, I'm not – like, I don't want this to be – it's not, yeah, but I'm the like, thing I have is, they're not very close. I have you can't them get them
0: both. Close. That's the thing. Like, you're Who not says? drafting them both. So, that's why it's a big discussion I want to have because you're faced, or our listeners are faced with that decision of do I want Gober or do I want Evans? Straight up. And and oh, that's well, where I'm well. like, yeah, one more thing I just want to mention is Goblin was the first wide receiver in five years to finish in the top five in PPR without at least 130 targets. So, you got to hope he's going to get over the 130 targets. They're going to be real close to that. But he's a different type of slot receiver. And Brady, does, he's not like a Welker uh, or an Edelman because he's more downfield when it comes to his targets. Like you said, his, his dots, you know, over 10 yards. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But what Evans is going to do with it, he's going to throw the ball up. He trusts Evans. He hasn't had a wide receiver to do that with. He had a tight end, Gronk, that he just threw the ball up and trusted he's going to get up and get it. Even in 2018 when Gronk was horrible, he still did that. That's what he's going to do with Mike Evans. That's what I'm excited to see. And I think he's going to have at least four or five 40-plus yard touchdowns. And uh, that's my final point. How
1: disappointing is it going to be if Tom Brady just
0: isn't Tom Brady this year?
1: If, if father time finally says you're done, the ultimate slap in the face. All
0: right. So there's, there's that discussion for for, for those two wide receivers. I, we're going to talk quick about Ronald Jones, Keyshawn Vaughn, LaShawn McCoy mix up. Uh, They all had some pass catching problems this week. It sounded like so Ronald Jones dropping the most with four in practice, you know, take that for what you will, but I'm a Ronald Jones truther here. Um, I've been all off season. I didn't really care about Keyshawn Vaughn personally. I thought uh, Jones is going to be the guy. He showed a lot of sparks last year. I know people thought, Oh, Peyton Barber got the ball more. I get it. But Jones had some fumbling issues, just a few, but Bruce Arians doesn't fly for that. Um, he had some trouble uh, in pass catching work uh, and as well as pass blocking. Big things he has been working on this whole off season. Tampa Bay said they've heard the improvements. Uh, Eric, who do you think is going to run this backfield?
2: I wanted it to be Vaughn, um, but it's definitely going to be Ronald Jones. I think um, obviously, clearly Vaughn's been struggling in in uh, in practice, and it looks like he's a third running back there. Uh, I just I don't think McCoy has really a ton left in the tank to really take a ton away from Ronald Jones. Um, he's still going to be involved, but I, it, it's going to be mostly the Ronald Jones show.
1: The, the thing that um, with the whole drop passes, they all struggled. Even Bruce Arian said un, it's unacceptable because guess what Tom Brady does? He throws it to his backs a lot, and, it, and it's not going to fly there. And I feel like if Ronald Jones or, or McCoy or – or Vaughn, struggling catching that ball, like, they won't be on the field. So we got to keep it cold. Quiet. Who are
2: they going to put on the field,
1: though? Well, I'm saying I'm saying with one of them struggle, there's going to be – Yeah, know. it's going to be Darryl uh, Gubavale. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Honestly, they've talked about him potentially getting some red zone work. I mean, it, it could be a, a four-headed nightmare uh, potentially, and that might not bode well for, you know, Ronald Jones going in the fifth round. Um, but I don't know. Like I said, I'm a fan. I think they're going to give him the work – he got three touchdowns with twenty-plus yards called back last year, uh, and he also had quietly over thousand total yards. I mean, uh, he he did not have a touch at the one, two, or three-yard line after week four, but still had five touches inside the ten-yard line and scored on all of them. So let me let me rephrase let me read that again. So he didn't have he had he had five touches in the ten-yard line. None of them were at the one, two, or three-yard line, and he scored on all of them how often do you see a back doing that? He had a nose for the red zone. And I think that's why, uh, I think that's why they're going to keep using him. He, he's, he's, he's elusive. He's quick. And his and, bro- he breaks a tackle 19.8% of the time too. Yeah, so he, he was up there in the top. Yeah. Uh, so. it's, he's, he's great, man. I think this is his year to finally shine. And uh, I want to round it up with OJ Howard and Rob Gronkowski. Uh, you know, are, they're coming back. They're probably going to run some 12 personnel where you got Evans, Gronk, uh, Howard and Chris Godwin. It's going to be super scary on the field. Um, I don't know who's going to get the ball sometimes, but what do you think about OJ Howard or Gronk? Who do you like more? Gronk's currently being drafted a bit higher than OJ Howard. Hey, I'm not, I'm
1: not going to reach for Gronk. Someone's going to take Gronk way ahead of where I'm going to want him.
2: Yeah, I think, I think I'm going OJ Howard. I mean, I, there's even, I believe reports out of camp saying that it looks like OJ Howard is going to be, uh, getting getting more targets there, and they're more so going to be using Cronk, Gronk on, you know, important plays and you know, probably in the red zone certain things like that. I mean, I know I know Arians is saying Gronk looks like the old Gronk, but yeah. it's practice. I mean, yeah. I don't
0: know. Yeah, it's crazy. Gronk's going ninth, and Howard is 24th. I mean, I uh, know it's, you know, one tight end league, but there there's a chance that O.J. Howard could get – four or 500 yards and five touchdowns. He doesn't need a lot of catches to get a lot of yards. He has an incredibly high yards per catch for a tight end. He actually had comparisons to Gronkowski coming out as a prospect, uh, and he's an extremely talented player. I think Tom Brady's going to fall in love with him. And and like I said, if he gets close to 500 yards and five touchdowns, he's borderline tight end one. And there's a chance somehow that there's there's a world that we could see that there are two tight end ones and two wide receiver ones. On this on this uh, Tampa Bay team,
2: yeah, actually, I guess since since I have it right in front of me, I have them very close. Um, OJ Howard for forty three catches, five hundred and fifty nine yards, and four touchdowns, and then Gronk for forty catches, four hundred and twenty yards, and five touchdowns. So I mean, they're close. They're right there. Um, it and
0: is, and it, it doesn't take I much think so. that
2: you said OJ Howard was tight end twenty four.
0: Yeah, he's he's going as tight end twenty
2: four right yeah. now. I mean, I yeah, I would rather. I mean, I don't I don't want either one of them as my tight end one yeah, personally. I, but I'm definitely, if I'm if I'm taking one, I'm I'm waiting on Howard. Easily. Yeah, I'm taking
1: Howard as my as my tight end two all day just because of the potential there and and what Antonio just said that Brady might fall in love with him just because he has the potential to be just like Gronk.
0: Yeah, and he's young. If if you're looking at a Gronk to your right and then a younger version of what Gronk is and and he's doing better, let Gronk be the distraction. Yeah. I mean, you don't want him yeah. to get his body already beaten as much as it already was, and he doesn't look like he's the same size he was back in 2018.
2: And that's part of it. I almost feel like I might be too low on OJ Howard. <laughs> and, Every,
0: I think everybody's too low on OJ Howard. I'll yeah. be honest. I mean, I, obviously it's the tight end too, but he's done it before. Aaron Hernandez and uh, um, Rob Gronkowski were both tight end ones. They were what, top five tight ends, I believe. Uh, back in twenty thirteen,
2: twenty. I honestly wouldn't be shocked if Tom Brady gets over forty touchdowns this year.
0: Yeah, there's a there is a shot. There's at a that. bold
2: prediction right there, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, for real though. I mean, if you if you think Mike Evans can get twelve to thirteen touchdowns, Godwin can potentially get nine or ten touchdowns. Then you got yeah. both, um, uh, Gronk and OJ Howard. What if they potentially both combine get? Double-digit touchdowns. I yeah, I
0: mean, but exactly between the four of them, for him to hit thirty touchdowns, that it just almost seems like it's easy. That's why I mean, even Tom Brady himself is going. I mean, he's not even being drafted as a uh, as a, uh, a earlier quarterback. He's going as the quarterback nine right now. I mean, it's probably fair based on everything going on, but he's right above Matt Ryan and Aaron Rodgers. I maybe I'd put him tenth behind Matt Ryan because of the question marks. But I mean, he could be he could be third.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, also, another for this wide receiving core, um, just to kind of like a deeper target to kind of get is Scotty Miller has actually been getting some uh, some good praise out of, out of camp there. Um, I know a lot of people thought what was it Justin Watson, you know, from last year. I thought everyone thought that he was going to be a third guy, but it looks like Scotty Miller might be, and you can get him for basically nothing right now. He's probably on your waiver wire. Um, and to even think if something happened to Evans or Godwin during the season, I mean, he's somebody that could potentially, you know, be a plug-and-play guy.
0: You said uh, – you were talking about Dynasty Leagues? Yeah, or just, I, mean, or
2: yeah. I mean, even – I guess, yeah, in Dynasty Leagues and then I guess in redraft, you know, he'll, he'll be a guy that's most likely just going to be on the waiver wire. Um, so he, he could be a guy that potentially – like I said, if something did happen to Evans or Godwin or anyone there in the passing game, he could be somebody that could step in and be a plug-and-play guy, flex option.
1: One thing I want to add, if Tom Brady throws 40, or 40 uh, touchdowns a season, he's going to win the MVP. Oh,
2: yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And At 43 years. It, it could definitely definitely could happen. Throw your bets on that. I don't even know what the odds are right now, but something I'd still just throw some money on. Uh, That's going to wrap everything up, guys. We did it. We are done with our division previews. I'm sorry this episode was so long. Like I said, it should be the last time we have a long one for a while. Uh, Next week, we got our rankings coming. We have some really big news we're going to announce as well. Please stay tuned for that. Make sure to check us out on Twitter uh, at Mafia uh, underscore FF. That's where we're going to be breaking out some really big news possibly coming this weekend. Uh, but happy drafting. If you have any questions, make sure to tweet at us uh, and make sure you're following all of us. I'm at Antonio FF. You can find Keenan at Keenan underscore 716. You can find Eric at Eric D underscore FF. Uh, again, thanks a lot uh, for watching and listening. Uh, make sure to catch us on YouTube uh, so you can watch us uh, and anywhere else that you get your podcasts. With that being said, uh, anything else from you, fellas?
1: Yeah, one thing I want to add, I am excited to see where Wayne Bloom drafts Tom Brady and, and Gronkowski this 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 weekend. You know, he loves his he lo- loves his former Patriots and Patriots. So we'll be, be interesting. Shout out to Wayne Bloom.
0: Yeah, he's always a man. Shout out to Wayne Bloom that I can squeeze a little second or third round pick for one of those Patriot players. So, yeah. um, I always ex, like talking with ex Patriots players. <laughs> ex Patriots players. He's too. about to buy
2: my Tom Brady uh share when I or my uh. Rob Gronkowski, share when I start selling. He just doesn't know it yet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Like we said, a lot more coming next week. A lot of great news. Stay tuned. Thanks again. Mafia out.